Today's episode is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com STS, as in Secrets to Success, STS, and using the promo code STS at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, green juice, solves the problem of juicing your greens on the go. Just add it to water, to drink, and let your body soak up the benefits. Visit Organifi.com to learn more about an exciting offer for all our Secrets to Success podcast listeners. I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in beast mode. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined as always by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley Phillips. What is going on? And always the Honorable Dr. Thomas. The honorable, I wish. My mortgage company <laughs> knew I was the honorable. They don't know. They keep sending me a bill every month. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, hey, they that's why. Cause, yeah, because you are honorable. You're going to pay. That's why. Oh, right. okay. Wow. Right. Wow. What's that? What's that like? Yeah. No, it is. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's that time of the year, guys. We are we out here. It uh, is officially 2018. We roll it. I feel like we ain't been together, the three amigos, in quite some time. Carl, that's we missed minute. you last, well, last week anyway. We yeah, missed you. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't make your way down to Atlanta? Not quite. Not quite. I prefer to stay up here and freeze my butt off. I don't know why. <laughs> well, we got snow here well, in Atlanta yeah, today, yeah, so right, my right. kids so, off yeah. school. So um, if y'all hear some background noise, you know why. Uh, but yeah, they canceled everything, man. And finally, this time, I think they actually canceled it for a good reason. We had, you know, a little bit of snow. It's white outside. I sent y'all a picture mm. so y'all see. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, you can't drive in Atlanta in this because... We don't have the salt truck capabilities to be able to take care of the road. So uh, kids out of school, Candace not going to work, but the podcast must go on. What episode yes, is this, by the way? Like 107, I want to say. I could be wrong, but it's in that ballpark. 107. It's somewhere around there. 107. Shout out to everybody uh, who heard every single episode. You know what man. I'm saying? I just want to take a minute to shout out those people who've been rocking with us since day one. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, e, where where are you? I, I, I can't even, I'm going to be real. No, I stopped e, trying e to is, Like, E is like a, a old retiree, just like <laughs> island hopping. He's vlogging. I see he got a vlog stick. He running around. I, somebody asked me, somebody called me the other day, was like, oh, yeah, we want E to come speak. Is he down in South Florida? And I was like, uh, no, I think he's in California. They were like, no, 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 he just posted this morning. He in Florida. I was like, okay, why you yeah. asked me that? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was like, I can't keep up with him. I'm like, I don't know where he's at. So, And, uh, hey, and they were right out. I, I was there. I had a morning flight, so I left, you know, mid-morning. So I got up that morning, you know, and did my thing, ran into a couple people. You know what I'm saying? So they were right, but uh, I got on that mid-morning flight, had to get to um, L.A. I do want to say this, though, see, and it, this is not about um, – you know, my journeys, if you will, you know, but it, it, it really is about, you know, making a decision, man. I, and I want to encourage those of you who are listening, because really, 
you know, in the beginning, really all it takes to make a dream become a reality is is a I'm talking about when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe um, type desire, you know, um, and I mean that, man, I I just I, I've been, you know, on the road and I, I, I run into people, you know, on the streets and they're like, E.T., I want to do it. And I'm just like, yo, do you really want to do that? You know what I'm saying? Because if you really want to do it, you can. And I just I, I hear this. You know, I want to make it happen, but I, man, I just don't think a lot of people want it really, 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 you know, want it badly. And then the other thing is, you know, after that desire is really just making some decisions. And I know it sounds simple. You're like, E, you're making it seem so simple. It really is. And I'm saying that because, you know, a, a year or two ago, I said I wanted to move to California, you know, with my wife because of, you know, the vitamin D deficiency. And my daughter was a big part of it, you know, but Jada ended up going to Michigan State. And so I'm still making it happen, y'all. I'm still making it happen. You know, I made a vow to my wife, like, I'm not going to have you in Michigan during the winter months. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get you out the winter. And I'm telling y'all, that's all I did. I made a decision. You know what I'm saying? I really, really wanted her to get that vitamin D. She is a totally different person. Many of us are different, you know, when it's minus four, you know what I'm saying? Oh, but just no in doubt. terms of her health. <laughs> For sure. She's, yeah, Everybody and I, you know, because she'll, yeah, she'll <laughs> say to me all the time, it's like, it's cold, my, I'm like, nope, that's me. I'm, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm struggling too, you know, and, and a lot of people don't know in Michigan, it's not just that it's cold. We don't get a lot of sun, you know, during the winter months. So I just, man, had a desire to get her out. I made a decision that, yo, we out of here and I, I don't look guys I'm being honest with y'all I'm not selling y'all no wolf tickets I got a call in maybe oct uh, maybe November December ET can you come to Orlando I was like no questions asked so I came to Orlando and uh, C is my witness I'm about to say something I want C to chime in C is my witness so I get a gig in Orlando I stay the entire week I want to take my girl to Disney World you know uh, and out of nowhere, uh, G, uh, and I'm not going to say his full name because I don't want y'all calling him, hawking him down for tickets, <laughs> but G works for, um, uh, he works for Disney. I just happened to connect with him at the BU meetup. I'm saying, y'all, for real, just get to the spot. I don't have to do BU meetups. Like, that's not a part of the package. But when I'm in a major city, I'm like, yo, I want to hook up with my people. I want to yeah. hook up with the people who are a part of this. You know, and, and G was like, what you trying to do today? I'm like, man, I'm going to Disney World. He was like, what time are you trying to go? I'm like, man, about noon. He was like, I got you. I'm like, what you mean? Like, discounts? He like, no, 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 I got you. My man gave me free tickets. The parking was free. I roll up and my man was like, yo, E.T., no way. I'm like, what? I listen to you every day. Go park right there. You know, so um, then Cali opened up something I did last year. Um, and let me tell y'all something. When, I, when you want something, it just changed your, for real. Like, stop making excuses. Stop being a victim. I wanted my wife to be out of Michigan so bad. I think when I got to Orlando, bro, I spoke like I never spoke before. <laughs> when, I, when I finished, she said to me, yo, hey, I need you to come back. I was like, okay, when you want me to come back? She's like, look, my parents, like I really need to do a parent initiative. Do y'all have a parent curriculum? I was like, yeah, we got a parent curriculum. Now, mind you, I don't know that we have a parent curriculum. <laughs> like, I don't know that we have anything in writing for parents. And I'm just well, being real. Do. It's just yeah. not on paper. 
That's what Absolutely. I said. Absolutely. Yeah, it's in my head. So I was like, no question. I, I was like, look, do me a favor. Let's meet up before I leave. She called me a, a, two hours before I was getting on the road to go to Fort Lauderdale. And we met, and she said to me, yo, I need something for my parents. I was like, bet, I'll have it to you. That was Friday. I'm going to show y'all how we work, y'all. Praise God for Lashana and Lashana being a, fr- a straight gorilla. I, I had, Lashana was on the phone with the associate superintendent of schools, the superintendent of schools. I get there. The lady's like, look, I need a, I need a proposal. Monday is, is Martin Luther King Day. Lashana was like, on Tuesday, I will have it for you. I promise you. Lashana was like, I'll have it for you. I get off the phone. I'm asking the lady, when do you want me? She's like, I need you back here at the end of January, the beginning of February. And I need you for multiple days. I'm just showing y'all, like, when you really, really want something to happen and you make a decision, like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. So I get to Cali. Same thing. I meet with the superintendent of schools. I can't disclose the figure, see, but she like, look, I'm about to get with some foundations. I need you back here on a regular basis. So I'm just telling you, I got, I got next year, I already got uh, Cali school system, Florida school system, and I'm just showing y'all how it works. Now, everywhere if you kind of want it, yeah, I'm I talking know, right? about, see, everywhere. <laughs> then I got a gig in Vegas. I got a gig, um, I got a gig in Temecula. Uh, later this week, right here in California, and see if you, if you, just be real. See, can you tell the people? I think you got two calls. Um, you got you got one call from an agent, and then you got another random call. And I just want I just want to show y'all how this thing works. So see if you don't mind telling them who it was and where they want me to speak, because I just want them to see this thing works when you work it. Uh, I do mind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> where do we go from here? No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one was for South Florida, and mm-hmm. what was the other one? I'm tripping. Hold on. Uh, yeah, South Florida, and where was the? Oh, they both were in Florida, right? Both in Florida. Yeah, both, both in Florida. See, both yep. in Florida. See, one corporate, wow. one, um, one a, I guess like a sport in the sporting arena, professional sports arena, and I'm just showing y'all. Yep. And that, actually, and, 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 I take that back. You want to hear something? Hold on, I can probably say this. Uh, so, hello, you didn't only think you seen this. This came through uh, last night. Hello, I know this ET is going to be in Miami in February. Um, is there a way to connect him with our team when he's in town? And that is from a uh, major university basketball head coach. Wow. In Miami. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, let me share this quote here. Yeah, you could continue. I read it last night. It said, don't get mad at me dancing because you don't hear the music. Hmm. Hmm. Don't get mad at me dancing because you don't hear the music. And and, Hmm. and you know what? And and look, that's it. That's it for whatever. But listen to me very closely. Where did it start? I made a promise to my wife. Bottom line, I made a promise to my wife that I will not. We did move to San Diego and the circumstances didn't, you know, allow my daughter needed to be at Michigan State. You know, who will? Spartans will. She needed to get <laughs> that doubt. Spartan Thank education. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? She needed to get that Spartan education, you know. Um, but it wasn't a thing, guys, where because my daughter didn't go to school, I could renege. You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't go back to my wife, see, and say, well, since D- Jada couldn't go to San Diego State University, I guess we're going to have to, you know what I'm saying, forfeit, you know, our travels. It's like, no, it, it's another way to make this happen. And I say this with all due respect, you know, you hate to ruffle people's feathers. I don't want to get nobody upset. You know, that's a part of my family, ETA family. 
But I but somebody said to me not too long ago in a discussion, yo, E, that's easy for you to do because you know you speak. And let me just say this. I want y'all to go on YouTube and look at Eric Thomas and where my background, that whole nine. And I want you to see how many other motivational speakers come from my background who are where I am in the industry right now. You know, so don't feel for one minute it's easy for me. It this this wasn't like, and no disrespect, but this isn't like basketball, football, you know, this isn't like, you know, uh, some other professions where we are highly represented and it's easy to kind of see the path. AAU basketball, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Pee Wee League, you, you know what I'm saying, uh, Pop Warner, you know, like, yo, it, it, in some arenas, there's a path and it's, a, it's easy to identify. This path, I promise you, this wasn't a path that was laid out and you do this in middle school, you do this in high school, you take this in college. And so I, I felt the person's frustration. I did. But I'm, I want to say to you guys, like, don't make it like it. Don't don't think this road has been easy for me. Don't think that, you know, uh, I've had 50 mentors or 10 mentors <laughs> or five mentors or two mentors or one mentor for that for that matter. You know, um, I didn't I didn't follow the late great whoever and the late great didn't open up a door for me. But I'm being real. This is what I want. This is what I want. And I'm willing to get up at three o'clock in the morning for it. I'm willing to go to bed late for it. I'm willing to do whatever has to be done to get this done. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm just saying to you, if you have a desire and you really, 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 really want it and you're willing to make a decision, you're not all mm -hmm. over the place. One day you hear, next day right. you like, well, I don't see it, so I'm going to quit. No, if you really make a decision mm -hmm. that I want to be down south or I want to be on the West Coast for the winter, I guarantee you. God is going to open up the doors and make it happen if you're willing to put in the work. Hey, what, what I'd say, E, real quick to that person is, and it's, it's almost unfortunate to that person or that group of people because, for real, they see this side of it. You know what I mean? I'm just being yeah. real. They hear you talk about the other side, but they see this side. So it's, it's, I'm saying like, I almost, almost, almost understand where you're coming from, but understand that <laughs> because we don't publicize, you know, the other side of it as much. You don't see it. You know, we don't post some of that stuff as much. And that's just the way of the world. You see everybody on Facebook, Instagram, you know, they, they at their best. We, we share whatever. But you, you have not seen, you know, 20 years ago when E was doing this on his own, you know, with a team in a bus, you know, jumping on the bus, jumping from city, not even a bus, E, in your suburban, you know, yeah. from city to city, going wherever. You're not seeing all the other stuff. And like I said, you heard E talk about homelessness, but you haven't seen, oh, I promise you, E, I don't know if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we went to the barbershop and it was like four or five degrees outside. And E was like mad pensive. And I'm like, yo, E, like, what's up? And he was like, yo, this was what it was like when I was outside in the cold. And I'm like, yo, see, I'm, I'm getting out the car, going to the barbershop. It's about 12 seconds of walking and I'm about to die. And I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like people are not understanding for real, for real. Like, yo, that's something that we can't show you. But to come from that to this, like, yeah, I, yeah, I got nothing to tell you. As a matter of fact, see, you could, you could co-sign this. I feel sometimes a lot of the time like put to shame. Like, yo, how did E come from that and get here? You know what I mean? And I grew up with a two-parent home sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I not, you know what I'm saying? Why am I not further in the game? Just being real. You should be the president of Barbados by now. I, I'm talking about all the way Oh, it's coming. It's coming. You know what I'm saying? It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, but uh, just being by real. now. Yeah. Hey, that hey, good I, family you wasting. Hey. <laughs> hey, let me tell you this. That two-parent background. 
<laughs> I, hey, you playing? See, but I saw um, Rihanna get a street named after her. Oh, no doubt. And I yep. was like, yeah, no, no, they don't know Carl and what we she doing over here. It. Yeah, no, yeah. she does, but I'm <laughs> no like, doubt. Carl gonna get one though. I'm like, before we get out of here, the Carl's gonna get Bezier a street. Bezier Sensation yeah. Freeway. Yeah, Bezier Sensation, yeah. there it is. I'm not there satisfied until I see the Bezier <laughs> Sensation Freeway. Let's go. Oh, hey, man. 20, hey. I'm gonna put it in 2020. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Let's let yeah. Oprah run for president first, and then we'll do that after. <laughs> Dirty Santa Dry. I'm not satisfied until I see Dirty Santa Dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, y'all stupid. Um, oh, real quick. Oh, E, you got you said, and I didn't. I've been waiting on this for like a week now. I think you had another valet incident, maybe. <laughs> and we know that you're known for having your valet. Some kind of way, you always need to get rebaptized at the valet. Um, but you you said you had a lion and gazelle rolled into one. So you have a lion and a gazelle of the week all in one. So. Oh, I've been man. waiting on it, so let, oh, let's let hear. Let me tell you something. The Ritz Carlton in Orlando is the first place ever to get the Lion and the Gazelle, right? At the same, at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> time. So, um, and, and and again, guys, man, dream it, y'all. Like, don't be, don't be afraid. Even the little things, don't be afraid. So I had to go to the BU meetup, and and according to the uh, map. It was like um, maybe 25, 30 minutes from uh, the property I was staying. And so I was like, I'm going to be real. I don't feel like driving. You know, I'm like, yo, I got work to do. Um, you know, I just was like, man, I want to be able to get on the phone, make my phone calls. And I don't want to Didi been on my head about, you know, the texting and driving. So I'm like, yo, I got work to do. So I really don't want to drive. I would prefer to get a driver. But like that don't make sense. You paying for parking at the Ritz. You, you got it. I had an imp. See, that was out of this world. See, that imp was sweet. That imp was sweet. And so, unfortunately, the imp, though, was the um, was the remote starter. See, it was the remote starter. So um, the night before, you know, dropped the car off me and Didi after we left. Um, after we left the um, um, I don't forget. I forgot where we were, but got back. Got, got the up little vegan morning. palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me help you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, That's yeah. all, the only place y'all go is shopping in, in vegan restaurants. <laughs> right. So, so I called down and I said to my man, like, you know, I need my whip. He like, no problem, Mr. Thomas. You know, they remember me from when I stayed there before. Or should I should say when we tipped him before. You know, the right, last day when we right. tipped him. And so my man was like, got you, Mr. Thomas. I'll see you when you get down. Got downstairs. And my man was like, yo, I can't find the whip. So let me go to another spot. He went to another spot. He couldn't find the whip. So he came back to him and was like, yo, Mr. Thomas, you got the key? You know what I'm saying? Because the other day you had it in your book bag. And I was like, um, I, you know me, I ain't going to lie to you. I could have it in my book bag. Let me look. Looked in my book bag. It wasn't in my book bag. And I was like, yo, bro, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I know if it's either in my book bag or I don't have it. But let me go back upstairs and check just to be on the safe side. Right? Went back upstairs, check. No key. Came back downstairs. My man was like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what happened. So he was like, this is what we're going to do. You got the BU meetup. So we'll just get you, um, you know, sweet Lincoln, some kind of Lincoln, uh, mid, mid truck, you know, I'm like uh, car SUVs, got in the Lincoln, dropped me off, get back. See, my man waited for me. They paid for it. Sweet. Right. I get back. My man was like, yo, little man from last night. Made a mistake and took your key to the crib. So we call him. He's on his way back with the keys. Nah, I'm like, yo, I'm good. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever he get here, he get here. I'm, I'm not going nowhere no time soon. I get to the, um, I get me and Didi leave. You know, we go to Disney. We come back. They got fruit. 
you know, in the room, they got the little, um, the little, you know, letter. They're sorry. They apologize. If there's anything I need while I'm here, they gave me a free lunch, you know, the whole nine. So uh, they, they get the gazelle. My man did the ET and I'm not even mad at little man because I know I would do some dumb oh, stuff no like doubt. that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not even mad. But little man took the keys home that night because, again, that's the only problem I hate with the start, the remote start boy or the, the uh, keyless boy. That's the only challenge that I have with it is for real, bro. Like, you can start it without the key. There's no telling what, oh, you know, yeah. I'm going to do with the key. Oh, bro. Yeah, I, nah. I, I even had a, a hookup once where I dropped Didi off at um, Myers and I drove all the way down, Carl, to the Chase Bank. Mm. Um, and, and, and I got out cut the car off and oh, yeah, I was like, yo, Didi, I had to walk all uh, the way to the Meyer seat. <laughs> the only good thing was it was the dead of the summer. So it was, the weather was beautiful yo, in Michigan, 70-something. Cra- yep, crazy enough, me and Jalen had that situation not that long ago, right? So I had, uh, Jalen dropped me off at the airport. He was in my truck. And some kind of way, I just had it in my pocket. And so Jalen drops me off. And I'm getting ready to go through security. You already know. Everything out your pockets into the bin. I look. I grabbed the key. I was like, yo. I stopped what I was doing. I called Jalen right there like, don't cut the car off. Don't cut the car off. He's like, what? I was like, don't (laughs) cut the car off. Because I got another spare key at home. I'm like, yo, drive straight to my crib. There's another key. Because if you stop it, of course, it ain't going nowhere. And it was when we had that little bitty uh, snowstorm. So he was all the way on Camp Creek. I was going through security. He was like, yo. Why am I sitting at the pump at the gas station about to cut Crazy. the car off and pre- and pump the gas like right this second? Wow. I was like, bro, just go to the crib. So he was like, all right, bet. So he made it back to the house and got the hey. key. But yeah, no, it's crazy. See, bro. I ain't want to no say joke. this one. See, and I ain't want to say this one, but I gotta say it because I, you know, what I'm saying I want I, I don't want to make the rich look bad. But I told you, you know, I either go with the Tahoe. Or I go with the imp. Like I love the imp, bro. In terms of, cause I I drove the I drove it from Orlando to Miami, so it's got mm-hmm. a man great mm-hmm. drive. It doesn't waste a lot of gas. Right. So I pull up with D at the Ritz, like maybe the second day, right? We pull up. I got I got the the imp and I got the um, you know my jeans on with my baseball cap. I pull up. My man says to me, uh, uh, the Uber section is over here. Who? Well, you here to pick mm. up somebody? And I was like, no, no, I, I'm not here. To... Mm. Uh, I was about I'm to like, ask you, what's it like? Yeah. Hey, what's it like? <laughs> me and Carl, me and Carl hey, on the road staying at the Dirty Santa Inn. <laughs> and he had the Ritz Carlton. I'm trying to see what's it like. I've never been, I've never been to the Ritz myself. You know what I'm saying? Just, uh, uh, hey, the I, Santa hey, Inn is better. I got one in. See, I got yeah. lucky oh, no, on one no, trip and got one in. Not Carl. Not Carl knows. Him and Tamisha roll with me and Didi consistently, so he stays uh, pretty much where I stay. Now, C might be different because he decides to come and go. He don't want to stay because I guess because uh, of the shorty. Let me tell you something. They're banning us so quick yeah. from the Ritz. If little Trey Trey get in that joint, <laughs> he done ruined the whole ambiance in the Ritz. <laughs> yeah, we ain't having that. Yeah. So uh, no. So seriously though, what 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 is the Ritz like for those of us who've never had the pleasure? Let the. Uh, it's like the it's like the W. You stayed at the W. You know. It's no, a, no, you know, never the W. Ups, yeah. That, that's what we did the Holiday Inn Express as far as I go. <laughs> nah, you, you know what I'm saying? Now, y'all know if anybody playing, wants man. to know the downside to being Scotty Pippen, it's the Dirty Santa Inn. 
And he got to get excited some other way. Let's see. Right, right. He ain't got nothing to do. He ain't got nothing to do. You're right. I don't have nothing to do. My kids home. I'm about, we we be on this podcast for four hours. Let me say something. Um, oh, I do. So listen, I got a fair file for y'all. Um, and this was like a uh, probably an hour long heated debate on fair file. Uh, we went to the beach um, MLK weekend like we always do with some friends. And they were like, yo, they listened to the podcast, so they were like, yo, we got the perfect fair file, and we want to hear you, Ian Carl, weigh in on it, and even some, you know, listeners if they want to submit. So, um, my buddy, his wife just had a baby, you know, a couple months ago, and um, of course, like, you know, women, when you know, my wife, same way, I don't know if y'all wives were the same way, but after they had the baby, they may be feeling less attractive, right? You know, just, mm-hmm. you know, they went through a lot. It's emotional time, you know, and all that. So my wife went through it. I'm not going to speak for every woman. Maybe some women didn't feel that. But this young lady, my, my, my boy's wife, you know, she had the same feelings Candace felt. She didn't feel like she was in the best shape or didn't feel as pretty as whatever. So um, I guess she was saying that, you know, a couple times she had like really dressed up, put her makeup on. You know, she was on maternity leave, so she didn't really have a reason to get dressed to leave the house. And she like put her makeup on and got her hair done and did everything and like got real fly. And my boy came to the crib and, you know, just, hey, honey, how you doing? Just kind of walked past her and did his thing. So he did it once, he did it twice. And on the third time, she was dressed up, you know what I'm saying, had looking good. She like, okay, for sure he's going to say something this time. So um, he came in, of course, didn't say nothing, and she went off. And she was like, yo, I've been, you know, dressing up, you know, looking nice for you. You, you haven't even said anything. So now, of course, you know, she's feeling bad, self-esteem low, you know, the whole night. So he's like, shoot, my bad. You know, he was like, oh, man, I did notice. I just didn't say something. I had stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. So then it happens again, and of course, again, he forgets. So he decides mm. this time uh, he was going to do something about it. Now, I say this is fair. So he sets a reminder in his phone hmm. to tell his wife <laughs> that she's beautiful. These phones. So he hmm. sets the hmm. reminder in the phone, tell your wife she's looking good today. The reminder is in his phone, and all is well. He's doing a great job. For about three weeks. And then, um, unfortunately, he left his phone sitting out. His wife mm. saw his phone and then on the reminder screen on the top of the phone, it said, oh. tell your wife she looks pretty. <laughs> and she was hot. And she said, that is foul, 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 foul. Candace agreed that it was <laughs> super foul. And so we're sitting at the, the, the beach house the other night having this long debate over whether it is fair or foul for him to set a reminder to tell his wife she looked pretty. What's y'all mm. opinions? So, I, I am all day, so I'm, I'm going to say it like this. I am all day fair. All day <laughs> fair. All day fair. But I do understand the perspective of the wife. I understand that. You want it to be something that's organic and my man saw you and you this moment or whatever. But I'm just saying as a husband and somebody that got to control the temperature of my house, I prefer to, you know, go that route and have the reminder and get it done than not get it done at all. You know what I'm saying? By any means necessary, I'm going to control the temperature of this house. So I'm all that fair. Okay. So 
Yeah, I just asked. You know what I'm saying? I had the privilege of doing the podcast right next to Didi. So oh, uh-oh. I was like, Didi. It's about to get ugly. I was like, Didi, what you think? You know, of course, she said with Carl. So I just wanted a female perspective. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know, so of course, she said, for real, it needs to be, it should be organic. Now, I don't know that it's not organic, <laughs> see, when somebody else, I don't know that it's not organic. You, it, it was an organic reminder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It doesn't take away from the sincerity of it because you reminded yourself of it. Uh, but Didi said it should be uh, like food. Food, you don't have to remind yourself. You don't have mm. to have a daily reminder to eat. You feel what I'm saying? So she threw a little jab, jab in for okay. my boy. Right so, hook, jab, so jab. Let me, let me <laughs> tell you the perspective I was going with. One, um, I tell my wife, you always been fine. You, that's in your little head that you ain't looking fine. I said, right, so, right. okay, I don't mind telling you every day. I really don't. But it's stating the obvious. So excuse me for not, like, over-remembering when you look finer. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still looking fine to me. You never <laughs> wasn't looking fine. So every day, I'm saying you look fine. It, guess what? In other news, uh, water's still wet. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, we know. <laughs> and so if you want me to, if, if I have to, like, go out the way to say it in some special kind of romantic way, and I need a reminder, then cool. But I'm, I never said that you wasn't looking good. That was some foolishness you made up in your own head. In your right. head. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. for me. See, and that's why I was struggling, too, see, because... You know, Dee Dee had Jalen and Jada. She was 24 and then 26. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So at first I was like kind of like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because she was younger. So it wasn't that deep. You know what I'm saying? But I did ask her. Yeah, and that's what that's what she said. Hold on. She got something personal. Oh, yeah. Oh, Go sure. for it, Make sure she on the mic, E. Make sure Please. she on the mic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, let me stop the debate so y'all can move on to the next segment. Um, I have a reminder of my phone to take my medicine every night. I've been taking this medicine for like three years. You know why I have a reminder of my phone? Because I don't like to do it. Um, <laughs> but I don't have a reminder of my phone to get the uh, Pillsbury dough cookies when I go to Walmart and mm. the bake them at uh, 7 o'clock p.m. nightly. Ouch. You don't have to remind me. You know why? Because I really enjoy doing it. Okay. Right, right. So, so double file. So flavor file. Flavor file. Injection, E. You got it. Injected. Wow. Yep. No, I'm, hey, I was just trying to see. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was a clever no way question. for my man to, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Too. Like, yo, I'm going to just. I did too. And it, hey. And he, it would have been sweet if he didn't get caught. See, he oh, messed sure. up. See, yeah, he got yeah, caught. That was yeah, that's real. <laughs> yeah. He got yeah. caught, yeah. bro. <laughs> he forgot to remind himself not to get caught. I mean, but some dudes <laughs> just like just never say it. You know what I'm saying? Some dudes would be like, "Ah, right, she tripping." No question. Let me just roll off. I'm like, you ain't, you gotta give my man some credit just for being okay. like, "Yo, okay, remind yourself." Hey, it's level one. It's level one. Exactly. He started at but level see, one. See, here go the thing, and this is why you can't win. Cause I tell my wife she look beautiful every day. Because every day I get the kids, I'm downstairs, she upstairs getting ready for work. Boom, she come down. I say, dang, you looking good today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I say it every day. But my wife say, oh, you say it too much, so it's never like, no, 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 I'm dead serious. This is what she said. She said, you say it too much, so like, when I get extra sweet, then it's not nothing special, you know, when you say it. Because I was like, yo, I say it every single day. And she knows. She acknowledged it. She like, yep, you do. She was like, you say it every day when I come down from work. 
And I was like, okay, what's the problem? She was like, it's overused and not just feel mundane. I was like, okay, I can't. Mm. Overused. Mm. Yeah, you can't. I, I, I can't. Mm. I can't win for losing. You can't win. Michael Jackson said, you can't win, child. In the, in the, <laughs> I'm in talking about her. I was you like, can't all right, win, cool. so I don't know what. So I'm at a loss over here. I only. I ain't even need no reminder. I was telling my. I was telling this was somebody else. I was telling my girl she look good every day, but apparently it's overused. Now I will tell you this though. Now I will tell you this though. Overuse it. Because when you stop, oh for sure, yeah. you don't want to be on that side oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, that's yeah, so a better side to be on. Music. That's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah that's not real. At all. Um, all right, so uh, man, shout out to our sponsor, Organifi. Listen, man, uh, I can't even tell you how many people using the Organifi. Shout out to Elijah, um, who's on the Organifi heavy. Him and Jen, who said, man, they've been using it for a while now. Jen to cut back on the coffee. She doing her thing with the Organifi. Elijah, um, you just just reordered, man, and he, he's doing great with it. Listen, man, the, the super food killer, I'm talking about it's next level, man. All your superfoods in one drink, man. And um, people hitting me up saying, man, CJ, you right. It actually tastes pretty solid. Like, it's not like, you know, hold your nose, plug your nose and drink it. Um, it's actually, a, 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 you know, a good tasting, you know, beverage. I drank two or three of them because I was, my kids been snotty nose and trying to help Try to have me come down with a little cold over here, but I refuse and I'm fighting it off uh, with the Organifi, man. Feeling good, feeling energized. I know you guys are on it as well. You definitely got to stay on it up there in Michigan yes, because sir. of that weather. Yes, yeah, no um, question. Yeah. Hey, I hit Sean, see, yeah. not to cut you, but I hit Sean this week. Like, yo, Sean, I was trying to look at some vitamins and stuff just to make sure. Again, we, we in Michigan. And Sean hit me back. Again, y'all know who I'm talking about. Sean, our, our resident yep. health guru. Sean said to me, dude, kill all that. And I was like, what you mean? He's like, bro, you taking Organifi. Like, you don't need none of that stuff. Like, you just keep on your Organifi like you've been. And trust me, you got all the vitamins and nutrients that you meet, you need right now. Yeah, and shout out to, I ain't yeah, shout out to like all that. the people who email in saying, y'all finally broke me on the Organifi. I hear y'all yep, talk about yep. it every week, and now I love it's it. It's real, y'all. So, um, yeah, yep. go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Use the promo code SUCCESS. All right, use our promo code, man, and get a discount at the checkout. Um, try the other products as well. Shout out to Organifi, a great partner in this podcast experience. All right. Um, yeah, I didn't know if I should put up this pic, C, yesterday. I was like, it might be an overkill. I always have to ask C. I was going to put it up on the group, I mean, on the uh, stories. But I was on the, I was rushing, and I was in the car yesterday. Of, I was rushing, so I didn't have, like, a cup and all that. So I got a cup when I was downstairs, and I literally was like, not texting and driving, but mixing Organifi mm. and driving. Mm -hmm. And so I actually, I actually, I recorded it. I'll send it to you. And I was like, maybe she may not want me to, but this might be too much advertisement to put it up on my stories. But yeah, you know oh, what I'm saying? Man, you but know, yeah, he I'll can't do nothing you. on his Instagram with somebody. You go have some type of police oh, on your something head. Something happening. Yeah, yep. you done tried yep. to kill the baby with maple syrup. So mm -hmm. you already know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, so shout out to them, man. Organifi, uh, a true partner in this podcast. Um, real quick, man, oh, it's the new year. Uh, we 17, 18 days in. Um, and, and and I know we got some people falling, like like uh, dropping like hotcakes. <laughs> like you know flies. what I'm saying? In terms of their New Year's resolutions. Um, one of the things, E, that you've been on heavy, man, and you've been you know sending me pics every time I call you, you know, you working out, you doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, real quick, man, and I know we don't have a ton of time, but can you walk us through 
just some of the consistency stuff that you want to start this new year because it's crazy, man. People have been hitting me like, yo, you know, I was in the gym, you know, I stayed for about a week and, you know, two weeks. And I know we talked about it before, like, you know, trying to create something and, and make it a habit. But one of my favorite quotes is discipline kicks in when motivation wears off. And mm, you're not yeah. going to feel motivated oh, yeah. all the time. But if you discipline, yeah. um, you know, you can right. make that happen. And a young man came to me. He was like, man, he's like, I could start it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know it stick with it. And it's hard for me to do like on a daily, daily basis. And I asked him, I was like, man, I was like, let me ask you, what do you do on a daily basis? He was like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm like, do you brush your teeth? He was like, yeah. I was like, every day. He was like, every day. I was like, you don't have, to, you know, there's not a day where you just like, ah, you don't feel like it. He was like, no, 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 I brush my teeth every day. I'm like, without rain, sun, shine, whether you feel good, you might be sick, you brush your teeth. He's like, I brush my teeth every day. And I was like, you because you did it for so long, it's become a discipline. So it doesn't matter how you feel, you brush your teeth. And I was trying to explain to him that any routine or habit that That's you want to kick in. That's my problem. It's not a discipline. <laughs> That's the problem. I always wonder what the, the, the toothbrush ministry, like what was my problem? That's it right there. I'm yeah, not disciplined. But, but if you think about it, like I said, there are things that you can, if you do it every day after a while, like I told him, I was like, yo, I don't feel like going to the gym every day like that's not like but but mm -hmm. my feelings have nothing to do with the matter they literally have nothing to do with the matter i drop my kids off my car just turns left out of the parking lot towards the gym mm. like it's mm. not even a it's never a decision like you take it out of your feelings hands right because we talk about it like your feelings gonna lead you anywhere like your feelings gonna have you you know 500 pounds sitting on the couch you know eating twinkies watching jerry springer like yo but but your discipline kicks in and you say, okay, this is not about what I want to do. This is about what I have to do and, and about what is in me. And so um, just for those people out there struggling, man, to make something a habit, whether it be the diet, the exercise, you know, telling their wife they, they look pretty every day. Like, um, can you give us some <laughs> tips, E, just because you are, you know, hey, insane family. about your routine. <laughs> and, you know, I've been hitting you the last few days and no matter whether you're in Disney or LA or wherever, it seemed like you, you allow yourself to stay in the habit and in the routine of doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, well, I think for me, see, I, I don't do anything that I can't sustain. And I think a lot of people, man, they start way too big. You know, people like, I'm losing 100 pounds. By Friday. Like, wow, that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's a lot, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just being real. It, it didn't take you a month to gain all that weight. You know, now it might have been fun gaining it, but you didn't gain 100 pounds, you know, in 30 days. So you darn skippy not about to lose 100 pounds in 30 days. And I think what happens when you do yourself like that, you know, you're operating first off all of this energy. You know, you hype, you excited. And then once you don't see, you get on the scale and you don't see it. Now, you might be losing inches, see, or you might be gaining stamina, which is very critical when you start talking about working out and exercising, like you might pick up stamina and, and, and you're growing in a lot of ways. Like mentally, you might be stronger. Like you might be able to work out four days a week versus just one. But because you're not seeing it in, on the scale, you're thinking that you're not progressing. And guess what? For all of us, if you're studying hard and you're still getting D's, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you're like, hmm. shoot, I'm getting what I was getting when I wasn't studying. So why should I study? So that, that's, what I, that's what I steer far away from. I don't have these like unrealistic expectations. Like I'm not about, I'm 47 years old. So there are certain things I don't have up to this point 
that I'm probably never going to get. You know what I'm saying? If I waited four or seven years to get a six pack, I'm probably not going to get no six pack. So let's just keep the gut down. You feel me? So <laughs> let's just try to do practical stuff. So I'm not going to get a gym membership because I travel too much. It's the winter in Michigan. I'm not about to go outside in minus four degrees and go run and get back in the cold and catch pneumonia. Like I'm not about to do it. So I, I asked myself, yo, E, what mm. can you do? What's measurable? What can you do? I can, I'm in the mall with Didi on the reg. I can walk. And, and this is what I read. I'm just being real with you guys. I read somewhere that if you, if you walk 10,000 steps a day and have a fairly decent diet, that you can actually lose weight by walking. And, and I'm just being real. I can walk for the next 40 years. I may not be able to run for the next 40 years. I don't know. I know that they say running is not necessarily the greatest for your knees and your joints, right? So I can walk every single day and walking is not hard, you know? So I'm on the phone enough. I'm in the mall with my wife. I gotta go eat. So Didi say we pay for our meal. So if it's, you know, three miles and under, we go walk, you know, to go eat. And then we walk back, you know? So I'm just saying like, you gotta do stuff that that's measurable. So uh, I think I walked 30,000 steps the other day and it was all walk. I didn't do any running that, whatever that day was. I don't remember what it was, but, and then the day we went to Disney, I think I did about 25,000 steps in Disney. We just walking and, but I'm being very intentional and deliberate, you know, about my walk, get up early in the morning, walk afternoon, walk at night. I do a walk. So for me guys, it's just, you know, it just sustained it. And, and like C said, I'm not gonna lie, the last three days, C, okay, well the last, okay, it was three days, but two, um, two days, I ran 30 minutes. So I ran about three miles. And then today I was about to run. I had, I had walked maybe three miles and I was about to run. And then you hit me up and was like, E, let's hit this podcast real quick. And I was like, shoot. Okay, I can't run 30 minutes, you know what I'm saying, if I got to do this podcast. So I did the intervals you told me to do, see the sprints, right? So I was like, all right, cool. So, so cool, I can do that. I don't do that every day. So I was like, all right, do the sprint, boy. Put on my little M&M, you know what I'm saying? Ran my little, I, I had enough time to do about four or five, you know, and then boom, I'm out. So I'll just say, guys, stop doing stuff you can't do every day. And what, I'm, what, I, what I think my secret to success is when you look at TGIM, you look at our podcast, you look at, you know, our stories, we're just consistent. And I think it's better to be consistent. Like you walk so many miles for, you know, eat right. Uh, I can do push-ups right here in my hotel room. I'm not able to do uh, my pull-ups and chin-ups. The last couple of hotels I went to didn't have it, but they had dumbbells. So I could, you know, whatever, you know, the, um, the alternative to that is I did that. And guys, if you do that every day for five or six years, I think you'll do a mess, much better job than the person who goes hard January and February and they don't do nothing else, you know, for the next 10 months or they kind of like, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. I just think if you're consistent and you do it over a long period of time, you'll get greater results. Let, let me ask you, let me ask you this, E, or I mean, C, either or. Do you think some people have a, uh, I don't know what to call it, so forgive whatever term I come up with, but a mental, uh, you know, disposition, uh, uh, something that allows you to do it easier, and I, I'll tell you why I'm asking. So I started doing the pull-ups, I got the little pull-up bar in the house, and of course your kids, yeah, your kids, is crazy. Whatever yep. they see you do, y'all, yep. whatever they, they see you do. do. Yep. So my daughter's three years old now, my son is five, 
And they're both now like, yo, we doing pull-ups every time. So it's right there in my bathroom. So every time they brush their teeth, like we'll bring them in there, they brush their teeth, whatever. And they want to do pull-ups now. So, so get the difference, though. And that's what I'm asking. Is there some kind of mental advantage that some people have over other people? Um, yeah, my C- son, TJ. <laughs> right, yo, there it is. But no, no. so, so get this. So my son... Like, no, get, they, they, you know what I'm saying? They're not really doing pull-ups. I'm doing all the work. I'm lifting them jokers. So I was able to convince my son to just do 10 every day. And he's cool with doing 10 every day. He'll do it morning, evening. He'll knock 10 out, and he's good. My daughter got peed off. She wanted to do, listen, listen carefully to what I'm saying. She wanted to do one more each day. And I'm just sitting there like, what in the devil is this little girl made of? She wants to do one more every day. So they started at the beginning of the year. I don't know what today's date is, but every single day. So she's at about 16 or 17 now. And she keeps track of the number. I don't even know how. She's like, yesterday I did 15. Today I got to do 16. Daddy, three years old. And she's up there. And again, I'm doing all the work. So I'm trying to convince her to come back to 10. I'm like, no, you ain't got to do 16. Your brother doing 10. She's like, no, I did 15 yesterday. I'm trying to do 16 today. Tomorrow's 17. I'm just, of course, you know, she's going to cap out at some point. But I'm just trying to figure out, is there some kind of advantage that some people have over others? Because some people just make it look easier. I could tell my son 10. I could have told that, that dude 5, and he probably would have done 5 and been chill. What is it? Is there something in other? And again, y'all may, not, may or may not have the I, I answer. Would, I, I, would argue, I would argue to say that there are people who can easier, like, that's easier for them to tap into the intrinsic. It's mm. easier. There are others who the intrinsic is there, but they don't necessarily tap into it the same way. And I argue that Jada, like Jesse, does not require you to push her as much, mm, right? Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this. While Jalen, while you while you have to maybe assist Jalen, mm-hmm. or something has to happen to Jalen to make Jalen go intrinsic. Once he goes intrinsic, mm, his bi- his beast song. mode is greater than her biz- beast mode. Mm, you you yep, feel what I'm saying? Like w- yep. once he goes beast mode, he has a higher level of beast mode than she does. But there there has to be so that you know you have to aggravate it. You, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You have to stir it up. You, you feel what I'm saying? You have to evoke it, uh, invoke it. But Jada, it just seems that it's it's a natural thing that she just like, yo, I gotta, I gotta go mm. beast mode. You know what I'm saying? And I say that because I want people to be cautious. Just because something is not automatic does not necessarily mean that it does not exist, that it's yeah, not prevalent. Yeah, it, it is. It just, it, it just, it may mean that you gotta crank that thing up. Uh, uh, you know, me and my boys, when we used to have the, um, the stick shifts back in the day, you'd have to push those suckers and you just you boom, get start, to yeah. get them going. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, but but whereas if you had an automatic, you just turn that sucker in its own. But the mm-hmm. danger is if the automatic is, is not automatic, Carl, you can't get it to start. Whereas yeah. with the stick boy, even though it wouldn't start automatic, there's another way to get it going. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and with some momentum, it could get going. So I just want to be cautious because I don't want to buy on saying Carl said that. And yeah, you're right, Carl. I don't have it. I'm not gonna do it. Right. That's why I said yeah. for some for us, because I'm not really into health. Like I'm not a health guy. I don't. I don't. I would prefer to eat all the time, and chill. But <laughs> but what happens is, for me, I don't like going to a conference and having a group of people who are inspired by our work say, "Oh man, Et ain't Et ain't the brand. Et ain't doing what he said." You know, mm-hmm. I don't like to see my wife, who's a foodie, 
go on the extreme, you know what I'm saying, and end up, you know, ruining her health in the long run because we don't have discipline. And I'm like, okay, let me do what I got to do to help us to find this balance. So I don't like working out. I don't like school, but I do, I must be honest and say, I do love results and I love accountability. So sometimes I think, and I told C, C will tell you, he called yesterday and I was running. What was the first thing I said, C, when you called me and I was running? What was the first thing I said, if you remember? Uh, I'm running. Yeah, but what did I say to you? What was the oh, date you said I February gave February 4th. You? February 4th, Carl, which is the conference, which conference. is our first takeover conference. Yeah. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm like, yo, E, when you get to the conference, bro, you need to look a certain way. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I didn't have a conference for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? I had no Christmas conference. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't had no January 1st conference. You know, so I was, a, I, was, I was chilling a little bit more. Like I said, even though I was enjoying my family, I probably would have had a, a little bit more of a governor had I had an event or I had something to do. So you could judge me and say, oh, E only working out because he got an accountability group. Willie Mo Jr. and I send our stuff to each other every day. Well, you could say that if you want to. What I'm telling you is my workout, um, my workout, you know, um, uh, um, what is it, Carl? Like motivation is mm -hmm. not naturally there. And so mm -hmm. I have to set things up in my environment mm -hmm. to aggravate it. But once it's aggravated, Shoot, it's I can't. I'm, yep. It's on at that point. Yeah, and and mm. do you? Let me ask you this. I'm just thinking out loud. Um, do you think it's possible to have discipline in certain areas and not others, or do you think you have to be a disciplined? Oh, no person? question. No, no, I don't sure. think so. Yeah. I'm just saying because yeah. you see, you know, so, like sometimes you see people who are not disciplined and they're not disciplined in any area of their life, and then you see people like who's super disciplined and it's like, like I look at like Carl, your dad is a pretty disciplined dude. Oh, that's all. Yeah, I'm and it's like about it right transferred yep. over yep. into every single part of his life. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Then you got some people, I guess, who got mad discipline in one area, but then another area they just blew out the frame. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I just say it's levels. I don't know where you're going, to eat, but I'm yep. just saying it's levels to it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, when you say my dad, yeah, every area of his life, bro. I'm talking about he want to go to bed and it, like to to a fault to me. And I'm saying, you know, he living his life. I ain't mad at it. To a fault to me, like my dad is going to bed. I don't care if it's Christmas Eve, Christmas night. Like he's trying to go to bed by 8:30 every single night because he wants to get up at a certain time every day. It doesn't matter what is going on outside. I'm talking about the whole family downstairs. We about to have a movie, whatever. He like, I see y'all tomorrow. And I'm like, bro, we about to, and he just like, okay, cool. If y'all want to hang out, we can do it tomorrow morning at four o'clock when I'm up. Like, I'm just saying, he's just disciplined throughout. You're right. But then you do right. See, there's some people that's mad, like into health, but then, you know, there's just other areas, like you're saying, there are other areas of your life that you just like, you can't keep up with paperwork or something, whatever. I'm just making stuff up. Like, I mean, he was, he is an example. Like, uh, dirty he, Santa. You like when it comes to. <laughs> he didn't want to mess with Dirty Santa, see, he went to bed. <laughs> he didn't want to mess with it. But no, no, e, e, you talked about it. There was a time where, for real, you weren't doing no paperwork. When it comes to speaking, whatever, it was done. Like, you had discipline, right. you was doing your research. Right. But when it comes yeah. to sending that 1099 form, whatever, at first, it wasn't something important. You know what I'm saying? So I think still not as important. you grow, <laughs> it's still not that important for E. You oh, I'm know just what saying. saying. No, I'm just well, saying. That's it's what not I'm saying. Is it just but like discipline is I can't get my check. stuff we want to do? You know what I'm saying? Like Diddy said. I, I, think, would, that's I, say, yeah. Yeah, I think I that's level say, one. Yeah, I think that's level one. Yeah, I do, Carl. That's it. But I, but like I said, see, I'm I'm disciplined in terms of, all right, now I have to get that paperwork in, so I can get my check. But not, don't let me, like, I'm not trying to seem super, like Superman. I'm not trying to seem like this perfect dude. 
I'm not into paperwork. I'm not. But it's a means to an end. And so it's like Carl said, the first level is you just you just discipline at what you like and what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. The second level is you're disciplined at things that are messy that if you don't do it, see, it's going to mess up what you enjoy. <laughs> you feel what right. I'm saying? And right. then you look at Carl's father, it just seemed like for whatever reason, he just disciplined in everything. And I feel Carl's father. And I'm going to say this. I could have easily stuck with my regiment, my workout regiment, my sleeping pattern, my diet. I could have easily stuck with that during the holidays, but it wouldn't have been no fun. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, my, mm -hmm. and, and why did I have a family if I'm not going to enjoy them? Oh. You know what I'm saying? And why, why have holidays if we're not going to? And I, I saw one of my little homies uh, from Australia. He hit me up because I was at a baby shower and I got a piece of cake. And he was, I was like, yo, I'm at this baby shower. I'm about to hit it. And he said, and I, I, listen to me, I understand what he means 100%. He said, E, it's always going to be an excuse. And it is. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, yo, if I, if I go heavy on working out, what do I gain if I look like this perfect specimen in terms of my body, but I lose all my relationships in the process, Carl? Mm, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so to me, it's like, yo, you got to have a balance. And so it's like, yep, I did hit the cake. Yep, I did. Um, while, while we didn't necessarily do, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, like meats or anything during the holiday, did he cook without? You know, we did eat the traditional meal. Like, so on the first of the year, we do um, greens, uh, black eyed peas, um, um, potato salad. We didn't do macaroni and cheese this year. You know, we had candy yams. You know, so we 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 modified. Carl. We didn't have the chicken mm. we normally have. Yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the E and Didi life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Didi has this thing where uh, the New Year and it, it's superstition, but it's our thing and it, it works. But she cooks a certain meal every year on the first, and it's supposed to represent luck, represent money, you know, et cetera. So Didi and I both said it. That's like, why yo, I ain't do we not do it this Rich year? Carlton. I'm eating different stuff every year on the first. No wonder I'm at the dirty center in. He ain't standing to Rich Carlton. I could have been at the Rich Carlton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he say you eat pastrami soup? You got to switch it up. You got to switch it up. I'm eating cheesy gordita crunch on the first. Trying to figure oh, out why no, that's bro. not. Yeah, that, that's yeah. No, you need to switch that up. See, and I'm just saying though, Carl, for real. We we um we could have easily said, Carl, yo, we not doing that. We yeah. doing the vegan. We could have easily said that. But bro, here's my deal, I, and I believe this. See, and I, and again, I could be wrong. You know, it works for me. It may not work for everybody. Um, but bro, out of 365 days, Carl, I feel like. If I'm consistent 340 of those days, 345, for me, I've, I'm, for me, I've had a lot of success doing it this way. So uh -huh. we did do what we did, but we here now, Carl, you remember um, the, the hotel where we're staying and they, the, they have the restaurant at, at the, um, on the second level. But now mm. we back to the tempeh, you know, barbecue sandwich, mm. the avocado salad, the mm -hmm. quinoa beets with app. You, you oh, know, we back to that, Carl. Really but, but we weren't doing that. Oh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's, it's on, sure. bro. Yeah. Carl, so, so, I'm so saying. What I said, I, you, oh, so go ahead. You go ahead. Finish no, I was just that. saying what C said. It's right here. It's not like mm -hmm. you and you and Lance and you got to go look for it in Cali, bro. It's, it's it's easy to it's easier to do this, see, than it probably is to eat junk food when you're in Cali. Right. Yeah, because people own that. So what oh, I said, some, my, my brother used to say it a lot. See, when you set boundaries, and he was talking about like raising kids, he's like, man, you set, let's just say you set these boundaries, whatever, you know, whatever perimeter around them. 
dude, once you come outside of that boundary, like once you live inside these boundaries for a long time, dude, two millimeters outside the boundary feel like freedom. Hmm. So in terms of discipline, it spills over because like you eat this way for 340 days, bro, one piece of cake and one scoop of ice cream, you felt like you just had a high out of this world. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even that deep. Like in terms of the consistency that you've had, so I'm saying that's how bro, the that potato salad tastes like chicken. Right, you eat potato, potato salad, salad. tastes like chicken, man bro. Is, man is <laughs> I'm just being drunk, real. Bro. I'm being real, got bro. You tipsy. I so, was so, drunk. I was yeah, drunk off real. potato salad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's that's I think see that's how discipline can start to spill over because you've done this thing consistently for so long and like he said you've had success with it you are seeing some kind of result in your body your health your money whatever your marriage now okay let me just apply this little bit of a boundary around this other and that's all it is you're just putting some boundaries around this area of your life i'm just not going to eat what when i want what i want how i want no more i'm not just going you know whatever um you could apply it to whatever circumstance in your life but just putting those boundaries allows you now that when you come out of that you never gonna go as far as you used to because you've now set a new norm for where, you know, where your expectations are, where everything, you know, where, where it, fall, it falls in this. E, I don't know if you remember that sermon that you preached. See, I think you referenced it on the podcast about the horses. You remember yes, that? Yes, I do. Yep. How you got some horses that just live like on the edge of the boundary. Like you looking over, you got like 40 acres inside the dog right over fence. The fence. But my man over the edge, I'm just saying, like, we just got to flip that. Live in the middle, doggone it. It's 40 acres. You got enough stuff that you could do to be happy. You got enough stuff that you could do to make your family life good. You got enough stuff that you can do. You know what I'm saying? Don't live on the edge. Don't, don't, I, I'm going to go somewhere. Don't accept that Facebook request. Don't, <laughs> don't accept that extra text message. You know what I'm saying? Don't live on the edge because now... Once you start getting comfortable over there, the boundary got to go a little further. And the boundary got to go a little further. And now all the discipline that you may have had or you've been working towards is gone. So just, yeah, stay away from that fence. Stay away yep, from that get fence. Get your butt back in the pasture. Just before we jump into our next segment, um, we got to introduce our second sponsor, guys. This is a new one, y'all. Let me get a sound effect, Will. Uh, um, this segment is brought to you by Casper. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. With a breathable design, the Casper helps you to sleep cool and regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And you guys remember talking to Sean about, you know, just tips on sleeping smarter and being, you know, having cooler ambient temperatures is one of those, you know, simple little tips that could ensure a better night's rest. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep on a trial. With over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Casper also offers a wide array of other products like pillows and sheets to ensure an overall better experience. They're delivered right to your door in a box, guys. They're so small, you're just sitting there wondering, how is it even possible to fit a mattress in there? It's free shipping and returns in the United States and Canada. So, of course, as listeners to our podcast, we got that, that extra perk for you guys. So get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com forward slash STS and using that same promo code STS at checkout. Terms and conditions may apply. Let me do that last line again. Get $50 toward select mattresses by visiting casper.com forward slash STS and using that same code STS at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Anything else y'all want to say on that before we jump into Ask ET? 
No, I'm good. All right. Uh, let's see. We got a bunch of questions. Um, uh, Clarice in Virginia said, hey, guys, love the podcast. E.T., how has your perspective on success changed uh, as you've grown? I, I think it's That's brought into, yeah, just to, to more people. You know, I think mm -hmm. in the beginning, you know, you when you're trying to get to a place of success, you think, man, what can I do to get myself and maybe my immediate family, if you will, or maybe even my extended family, um, you know, to that next level. But when you get to where I am now, I res so respect Dr. Martin Luther King uh, and the work that he did. You know, here's the ultimate sacrifice that a man is using his influence, his education, you know, his, his passion has become the people. And so I think that's the difference now. I'm saying, okay, it's good that, you know, Carl and I get to stay in the Ritz and see in the Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> How can we move C up to the Ritz? How can we get C up move, there for next yeah, year? to the Ritz. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and another group of people. Well, I to bet the you ain't Holiday got free breakfast there, though. You know what I'm I bet Ritz ain't got free breakfast. <laughs> I'm getting free breakfast at the Embassy yeah, Suites. Yeah, you're right. The Embassy That's Suites got and free breakfast and an omelet station. So who's really winning? You know what I'm saying? Who really wins? And I got free parking. You know what's crazy? When you stay at them hotels, it's like uh, when people say, like, you could, um, you could buy a nice house, but you can't afford the taxes. It's like you could stay at the Ritz, mm. but you can't afford the $100 valet at night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what kill you. It ain't yeah. necessarily the stay. You know what I'm saying? It's the yeah. uh, the $100 uh, room service, uh, service charge. Yep, that's going to get you. And you got to eat peanut butter and jelly. You got to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Exactly. You yeah, bring, bring your yep. own bread and peanut I'm butter. I'm telling you. Don't eat Shout out to the peanut. Embassy Suites if you want to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I'm with you. Free parking. Oh, man. We fell in love with, we fell in love with and, the By the way, that's where we were staying back in the day. Yeah, that's where we were staying I back can remember, sure. bro, I remember me and oh, East in crazy places on the East Coast. I'm talking about, I'm talking about like uh, days in. Like, I'm talking about like a one bed, like, oh, crazy little. And you get in from the outside with your key. Oh, yeah, from the for sure. Yeah. <laughs> No <laughs> privacy. No privacy. My man, right at your car, when you get up in the morning, he he on your car smoking a square. Yeah, right, right there. there. On your rental right car. Right there. He's like, bro, excuse me. Yeah, and now he at the Ritz-Carlton. Wow. It's been a long, mm. it's been a long, long time coming. A long time um, coming. Uh, but hot breakfast going oh, come, hot breakfast. Hey, the, the content, like we used to pick hotels based on that. With the yeah, continental job. We was picking the hotel oh, based bro. on the that. Embassy like, had the best breakfast. breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Um, Embassy Suites had not not continental, hot breakfast. Mm. Uh, the omelet station, bro. They had the omelet. Make your own omelet. Yeah. Yo, man, we got we to gotta have a, a, a reunion at the Embassy Suites. <laughs> I'm down. Hey, we stayed uh. at the Embassy Suites not too long ago. And uh, I think it was, was it Huntsville? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah, Huntsville. Yep. Yep. That's, that's it. We always stay there. there. That's where we stay. Yep. Yeah, we always stay there. Yeah, that's yeah, their roof. They got a roof. They got a roof, Chris, in that joint yep. too, right at the bottom. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Let me go back. I lost my notes. Y'all were playing too much. Um, <laughs> wow, that's that's an oxymoron. I, I was just thinking, wow. like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all play wow. too much. Play. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, Simon in New York said, "We stand corrected." Do you still feel pressure? 
Um, you know, not not as you would probably say, not like that, not in a negative way, but I do feel the pressure of, you know, when you look at Martin Luther King, especially like, how long are you going to live? Uh, somebody called me the other day about memoirs. I was like, what? It was like, yo, E, man, you probably need to start, you know, working on that because, you know, there, there's some things that you share, praise God, on the podcast. Uh, thanks for C coming up with this creation. He's like, people get to hear and know about you in a way that's unique that you don't when you just do a, um, you know, a TGIM. But also if you could do more writing and talk about parenting and talk about, you know, some of your transitions going to school. And I was like, that's deep. So I do feel that pressure to get out as much positivity in the world and in as many forms as I can so that, you know, when my time comes, I would feel comfortable that I've left enough stuff for people who are thinking about, you know, just how people feel inspired by the work that we do to leave as much work as possible, like have volumes of stuff to help them to get through, you know, one level of their lives to the next. So that's that's the only pressure I feel. Uh, speaking of Dr. King, we just obviously had Monday, um, the holiday. Um, we we uh, were at the beach, of course, as tradition with, you know, some friends and, um, and enjoying some time there. And of course, always speak about the legacy of Dr. King and things of that nature. Uh, did y'all do anything special? Uh, we always listen to the I Have a Dream speech. I mean, that's like mandatory. Um, but did y'all do anything special or E talk about, I mean, I know we've probably done this however many times we've been on the podcast for Martin Luther King Day, but um, just talk about Dr. King's legacy, what it's meant to you personally and um, you know, how you celebrated the day. Well, well you know, for, well, first of all, I celebrated the day uh, of traveling. I think this was the first time Didi and I have ever been on the road. So we had, a, um, you know, like I said, a, a, a late morning flight and we flew from uh, Miami to uh, LA. And I, I'll be honest, you know, having the opportunity to fly first class and there was a gentleman, see, you have to help me. I'm, I'm, I'm not good with, uh, uh, you know, all of the latest comics because I don't, you know, I don't frequent TV as much as I need to. But this gentleman is on a, I think it's a cognac commercial, it's vanilla. Um, and he's talking, uh, tall, thin comedian. And then he's talking about, you know, whatever the vanilla, um, uh, vanilla flavored cognac. And then his suit, he has a tux that turns um, the vanilla color. And he's also on Kevin Hart's series that he does on BET. Um, I don't remember his name, but Nelly's on there. And this guy is uh, frequents the show as well. And uh, he was on the flight and uh, we were talking, going back and forth. And he was just talking about. Uh, how he's doing. He did a, a voiceover for uh, American Dad. He's done some other animated stuff. Of course, he's doing the thing with, um, uh, what did I say, uh, Kevin Hart. He's got his own commercials that he's doing, line of commercials. And just, just I, and the, the vision that I see is colored, you know, and white, you know, colored bathroom, white bathroom, you know, colored water faucet, you know, white water faucet. And for us, to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to fly first class if we choose to, you know, economy, you know, uh, whatever, you know, uh, economy, comfort, you, like, it's like we really have an opportunity. It's like people are serving us, you know, and while you guys know I'm real big on serving, it's, it's, it's like, wow, we get an opportunity, despite the color of our skin, not to just be servants 
you know, in this in, in this time frame. That's something that we get a chance to do, but we also get to do motivational speaking, you know, videography, uh, executive coaching, you know, producing, you know, and so here it is in our generation, we have an opportunity to do what only Martin Luther King dreamed of doing. Mm. And then of course I was with Jarek um, Robbins yesterday on his podcast, Tony Robinson. And, um, you know, just, man, Carl knows the family, man. They have been mm-hmm. so, man, they, they've been so, um, uh, they played such an integral part, you know, and, and, and just some of the moves we made early on corporately. And then of course, uh, his wife is a MSU grad and yeah. she's from Detroit. And so, man, just having that relationship with them, you know, and, you know, they were talking about, of course, us doing a trip together, whatever. See, of course, you were with Adam and Carly. And so just to be in a, in a time where, you know, you don't have to be on that, you know, like you can, mm. man, you could be you could be in relationships with people from all walks of life, you know, and not have to deal with that division. So, mm. yeah, man, just for me and Didi to be able to go into the schools and, give back, you know, and help keep people go to school, et cetera. I feel like while we're not Martin Luther King, that we took his dream and now, you know, we're championing that dream. And Didi asked me, we listened to multiple Martin Luther King speeches, um, when preaching sermons he did, um, leadership stuff he did, you know, we listened to it and Didi asked me about the dream. And I was like, yo, D, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm grateful at, at our age that we are not just talking about the dream, Didi, it's our reality now. Like our kids went to college. Our son is a college graduate. We own a company, guys. You know, it's like we are literally experiencing the American dream. I have some phenomenal neighbors who live in a phenomenal neighborhood. We got 16 acres of land. We got a a 17,000 square foot building, a 10,000 square foot building. We've got plans to renovate. It's like, yo, guys, we took, took, you know, and of course there's no perfection and we're not uh, um, saying that you know we live in a perfect place and racism doesn't exist anymore. But what I am saying is that there are opportunities, and we we've decided not to complain, not to fuss, and you know um, we we've decided to cash in and 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 experience the American dream. And so I'm just super excited. See, I can look at I I, I felt if Martin Luther King was here and he interviewed us, I think that le- legitimately he would be proud of us, and he would say. You guys did exactly what, you know, what I envisioned, what I saw. You guys are executing on that. So, uh, yeah, man, we all have advanced degrees. We've been able to go to college. We're not saying that degrees make a man, you know, but some of the things that they fought for, we've actually experienced and we've been able to execute on it. So, yeah, humble, man, humble. For sure. Um, Yeah, no, I agree with those sentiments. Obviously, you know, me being a... um, mixed race baby you know having a a white mom and a black father um man you just you know you can't even speak enough about you know what he did you know Uh to make my life literally possible um and you know without him doing what he did i doubt you know i would even be here so um always a always a very you know uh, important emotional holiday and you know always want to make sure I, I did try to get Trey a little bit of the, the speech, but I looked back about two seconds after it started. He was asleep. It was a, a little, he little had much. A dream. He, he had was a dream. having a dream, but I make sure I play it. <laughs> he had a dream. I got it in his soul and his spirit anyway. So, um, yeah, no, shout out to uh, Dr. King, man. 
Well, you know, God dad going to put it on him. He going to hear enough you of know that what? kind of stuff. Listen to this, though. I thought about this yesterday, right? So it was funny because I was, we were listening to, I was listening to some of your speech from, I think, the Atlanta Hawks in the truck. And Trey was like, oh, that's God dad. And then, like, maybe like a week ago, we saw the Wingstop commercial. We just watching TV. And uh, the Wingstop commercial came on. He was like, oh, that's God dad. Like, on TV. And then he sees some of the YouTube mm-hmm. stuff, and then he hear like like Toby's videos, and like he see Toby, he see, he'll see like Toby's video on YouTube, and then like see us at the conferences and stuff. And I'm like, yo, what he must think in terms of like what the mm-hmm. world is? You know what I'm saying? Like, is, so uh, my man, we watching right. LeBron the other night, and he feeling like he knows LeBron, or like LeBron knows me. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, mm-hmm. I know why he thinks that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not making the connection that mm-hmm. it's like, okay, LeBron, you know, they playing over there and they like got their own world. We got our own world. And I'm like, wow. Like, to him, he's seeing, you know, God Dad on TV. He's seeing us, you know, when he comes to the conferences with a lot of people and people like, you know, want to hear, mm-hmm. you know, uh, E speak and taking pictures and all of that. And I think he really like, you know, his world, like, what is possible, I'm like, yo, this has got to be crazy. Like, when I was coming up, I didn't know anybody who was, like, on TV or even remotely, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, videos and, like, you know what I mean? So I don't really know how to explain it, but it was just weird because I was like, wow, like, what he thinks is possible in his head and what he, how he views the world is a lot different than I think I viewed the world at that age where it was like, if somebody was on TV or something, it was just like, they might as well have been living on another planet, you know, where Trey looking like, oh, okay, this is, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Even with, like, you know, Michigan State players and, you know, the the celebrities or athletes that he's met, you know what I mean? He's just kind of like, oh, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, his world is just just different, man. So I thought it was interesting the other day uh, when we were going through that. Um, Let's go. Last question. One more. We'll get out of here. Um, I I think I'm, I'm next up on Daddy Duty. Uh, to relieve my wife uh, during the snow day. Um, Farah said, hey guys, love the podcast. Uh, have a nine to five and I'm attempting to uh, build my side business, but there just doesn't seem to be enough time in the day. Please help. Um, wow. I, wow. Yeah. Carl, where is he? He might, he might be spending some time in the hole. Um, Hey, yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Yeah, that. Yeah, you just said it. See, I think this is. Yeah, we might just do something different yeah, on this podcast. So, like, I, I don't even want yeah, us to no, answer that. It, I mean, and, and we'll kind of answer. But you know, shout out to Jay Jamal who was on the podcast a couple weeks uh-huh. ago. Man, we got. I mean, a ton of feedback from that episode. Um, of course, Jay is the Chicago police officer turned millionaire, still a police officer. Um, who's just done some incredible mm-hmm. things on the south side of Chicago, um, you know, and, and philanthropically, and then, you know, of course, building his own empire. And we probably got more emails and calls and things of that nature. And so uh, because we had so many, uh, we actually had Jay on the Breathe You call. And listen, man, the information that came out of I, that I thing, thought I knew. Yeah, I thought uh, I it knew. was yep. like it was on a whole nother level. And so you guys listen to the podcast and our BU students actually get a, t- a chance to talk to Jay. Um, he's been, you know, mentoring some people, helping them out. I just talked to Rochelle yesterday. Her and her husband had a call with Jay 
And she called and, and like was almost in tears, like in tears, and was just like, yo, thank you so mm. much. And, you know, I told her, I was like, man, this is exactly what I pictured when we started BU. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I wanted yeah. to create like the world's like best network. You know what I mean? Where it was just like, yo, people from all over could just help people. You know, people who, you know, wanted to go to that next level and provide for their family on another level and, you know, get to another level and they, you know, whatever it is, spiritually, like marriage-wise, you know, financially. And there was all these resources. And man, I saw that come together in a major, major way. So for those of you who are out there and you're like, yo, what is BU? Like, what do you guys do? Like, that's what we do. It's about connecting people. It's about getting people information, resources. You saw E. He's with it, our BU fam. We just send a, a, an email out and tell everybody, yo, E's in your town. Like, we're going out to lunch. We're going out to dinner. And the relationships that come from that are just insane, man. And so um, not to be a, a shameless promoter, man, but that's what Breathe You is all about. And that's why we're so passionate about it. That's why we talk about it all the time. I think we can honestly say E and I were in Atlanta the other day. And we were talking, we were like, yo, that's our biggest professional accomplishment to date, right? Like that's our biggest professional accomplishment is being able to have a network of people who are like-minded, who are going to the next level, who are grinding, hustling, who are working together. We got meetups forming. We got, you know, real estate and entrepreneur groups forming, like just an incredible network within BU. And um, we just thank everybody who's been involved. Matter of fact, Carl, I don't know if, we, if this is against the rules or not. But can we maybe put the call from with Jay? Yeah, yeah. No, that, I'm, I'm saying there's not like the, the, you just described it. See, but the way he talked about having a nine to five and being able to build his empire, and I'm using that word intentionally, build his empire. That's what I'm saying. I don't even th think we should attempt to answer that call. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the audio and just add that to this. Yeah, put it on. Put it on the end of the podcast. Guys, so what we'll do, guys, we'll put it on the end of this yeah. podcast. This is a live BU call. Um, we'll put it up in its entirety. Um, Y'all shouldn't be getting this because this is for our BU fam alone. <laughs> but since we do a call, you know, a couple calls every week, I guess one call can't hurt. But if you're wondering, if you've been sitting there, you've been listening to us talk, what is BU? What do you guys do? Of course, we got the online network where people are challenging each other. We got all the challenges. We're going to the next level with, you know, fitness and health and all of those things. But this is an example of one of our calls. And you guys heard Jay on the podcast, but then we had him on as a guest and listened to the in-depth information that he gives out. Um, on on the actual call, people actually get to ask questions, talk to them the whole night. So you guys, this is a sneak peek into a Breathe You call. We'll put it at the end of this podcast for those of you who want to take a listen to what we're doing inside BU. And we would love to have you guys join us at Breathe University. Carl, how can they uh, join us? And, and for those who say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get down. Like, I've heard you guys talk about it enough. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of not having a network. I'm tired of blaming the fact that nobody Don't around me is Don't give away my nugget. Don't give away my nugget. Don't give away my nugget. Don't give away oh, my oh, nugget. Okay, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, the nugget coming in. Before the nugget, y'all. Hey, <laughs> breatheuniversity.com, y'all. Breatheuniversity.com. I'm talking about y'all got my email. I've been putting it on like 40 podcasts now. If you have any questions, like I'm serious, we stand by this, guys. We're trying to build something. You, you just heard what C said. We're trying to build something amazing. Man, we got man, authors so. who are like writing books, and then we got illustrators who are drawing for them. We got 
you know, people who've been in real estate, you know, for 10 years, who are struggling to get their stuff really, really going, who meeting investors and stuff who live 10 minutes away from them, who are taking them to a, an entirely right. new level. Yep. Like, yo, that is the beauty of what we're doing. And it's not for everybody, but for those of you who say, man, I need a new network, where else can you pay a limited amount of money and get access to a network of people across the country, across the globe, who are doing big things. We got people traveling internationally and hooking up with BU members and they putting them up in their country. Like, it's just insane. And you cannot, you literally cannot get this kind of network anywhere in the world. And it's why we're so passionate about it. And when I got that message that I got from Rochelle yesterday on my phone, like, and her talking about how much it did for her and her husband and now they're going to be mentoring and coaching with Jay and you know, getting this information. Oh, man, it's incredible. So, yeah, Carl, let them know. Make sure, y'all, breatheuniversity.com. Again, we got a lot of stuff going on. If you got any questions, hit me, K Phillips, K-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S at etinspires.com. And I'm, that's not a gimmick, y'all. That's my real email. I'm Straight checking up. it. Yeah. Um, all the times. He said this. See, and I used to trip on E. But he said it, like you give it out to the whole world, bro, about three people email you with anything. So I'm saying, and, and literally the last two, three times I gave it out, like I'm talking about like five people just said anything and respond, like literally five. So I'm saying, y'all, we're not playing. This is my personal email, like kfillips at etinspires.com. Any questions, any reservations, anything you want to know about it, hit me up. I'll talk to you. I'll call you. But we're not playing games. We're trying to build a community out here and change. We, we want to, let me just tie it up. We want to continue the legacy that Dr. King started. We want to make sure we're doing our part to add people to this thing, this community, you know what I mean, to help build something, man, that changes generations to come. So that's what we're trying to do for real. Cool, man. Listen, man, Friday is the last day to grab your ATL early bird tickets. If you grab your tickets by Friday, you'll save 40 percent. All right. And we're doing a discount for all uh, the Take Control conferences and a special discount for our podcast listeners. Use the promo code podcast loyalty and save an extra 10%, all right? That's only for one week only. We added a new ticket option for all the cities that include reserve seating at the conference and dinner with E and the team. So you can come out and have dinner with us. Where are we going to last Hopefully somewhere with a meat and a vegan option, because I'm not. <laughs> right, um, right, right. Where do we go? In Miami? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that look, yeah, yeah, we went to that. It was like an Asian restaurant. What oh, was it? Mr. Chow's, yeah. Yeah, so, Chow's, um, yeah, yeah. so make sure for the Take Control, listen, the Entrepreneurship Conference, um, shout out to, to, to Jay, who will be in the building for that. Shout out to Josh, who will be in the building. Myself, Carl, E, uh, Maya. Uh, we just got a powerhouse squad coming in, man. And this is the Entrepreneur Conference, the Take Control Conference. Take your finances to the next level. Uh, we're bringing all the gurus in, man, and we want you to be a part of that. Um, the ATL Early Bird tickets are coming up, so make sure you grab those. Um, and then Miami, February 4th, Miami, South Beach, uh, we will be in the building, so go to etinspires.com uh, slash events and um, join us in Miami and then ATL and we in Charlotte. We in a couple other places as well, so excited about those conferences kicking off. Those are extremely fun, man, because, um, man, this you know, usually about 100 people and you get direct feedback, right? You get to stand up, ask your questions, get business feedback. We do business builders, uh, help you you know, generate more revenue. Just get your finances in line with your business, take it to the next level. So uh, we look forward to seeing you all out at the Take Control events. Any other announcements, Carl, that I'm missing before we get out of here and get the nugget of the day? Nope, you got all it, right, sir. cool. Um, you got it. Eric Thomas, nugget of the day, my friend. Yeah, look, guys, I'm, I'm gonna stop arguing. You know, I got, I got, Rebaptized last year around this time, 
And one of the commitments I made to myself was not wanting something more for somebody, you know, than they want for themselves. So I'm not going to do a lot of fussing today. I'm going to make it real simple. Take the risk or lose the chance, flat out. You know what I'm saying? And I'm tired of, you know, going back and forth with people trying to convince people to take the risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm tired of trying to convince you to take ownership, you know, to stop being a victim and be a victor. You know, like, for real, I'm tired of wasting energy doing that when I can just get with the people who are taking risk and, you know, trying to get to that next level. You know, so for real. So for those of you who are listening, um, you felt that there's a glass ceiling or you felt you always feel like it's something like it's a it's a reason why you can't do and be and have what you supposed to have. Right. I'm going to say it to you real simple. Take the risk or lose the chance. Right. Fight for your freedom or shut up and sat down. Right. Bottom line. And whatever happens to your life, stop complaining about it. If you if you are not going to be responsible for taking care of your life and you're going to put it in somebody else's hand, you're going to put it in the hand of the person that took the risk. Like, for real, just shut up and sit down. Just go for the ride. Stop complaining. You know what I'm saying? But if you want your freedom, if you want to be and have and do everything that you dream of, take the risk, man. It's your boy, E.T. Appreciate that nugget of the day, E. Carl, thank you, man. Appreciate all y'all listening. Hopefully your New Year's off to a great start. Listen to the call, man. We're going to put it up for you right after this. Um, this is the, the Breathe You call with Jamal King, man. Enjoy it. And uh, we hope to see you over there at Breathe University with us, man. We love you. We'll see you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul, with all your heart. Yes, sir. We ready? All right. Jay, are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. Hey, you want us to spark us off? I know you got uh, something you wanted to get off. And then well, you know uh, what, I'll take man, it when you're done. And I know, you know, some of the uh, listeners on the call tonight might say, like, E, what's the connection? You know what I'm saying? Help us make the connection. But, you know, what I want to talk about tonight, guys, uh, something a little, you know, offset. Off I know when we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about skills, you know, for entrepreneurship specifically. Uh, but I want to talk about the BU Meetup. You know, and one of the reasons why uh, I thought it was important to have it, you know, um, I'm sure. Hold on for a second, guys. Yes, sir, I'm E.T. How you doing, sir? Man, I appreciate that, man. Man, I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> I'm getting a little live again. Good to meet you. Thanks, man. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, that's exactly what I want to talk about, relationships. You saw what just happened. Uh-huh. A, a guy probably about, you know, uh, closer to my age. Um, this guy, he just was out of the nowhere. Like, yo, is that E.T.? And um, that's what it's all about, guys. It's all about building relationships, you know. And so BU to, the BU meetup for me today, we, of course, you know, ate breakfast together. But we, we talked, you know, we talked about 2018, you know, how can I help them? You know, they asked how they can help me. We talked about our promises. We got a video coming out for you guys uh, that I gave both of them, all of them an opportunity to kind of talk about what their focus was, their promise to themselves. You know, and building relationships is so deep, man. I don't know. Uh, I probably shouldn't give uh, 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 G's um, 
skills or, or, or his secret away. But um, being a part of the BU family, he actually came to breakfast. And when I told him where I was going, he actually blessed my wife and I with free tickets to get in. And um, while we were on our way in, the guy that's over parking saw me. And that guy was like, E.T. Oh, I can't believe it's E.T. And gave us free parking. You know, so the relationship thing is so important, guys. Uh, I mean, super important. So while you're, you know, doing business, I want to I want to encourage you to continue to do business, you know, continue to look at the strategies and the skills necessary to build a business, but don't forget the people. You know, at the end of the day, this is a people business, you know, and like I said, you're going to get some skills tonight that's going to prepare you, but it's really like don't ever forget, yep, you need a website or you need to be on social media. You need to do this and you need to do that, but don't forget the people and don't forget why you started and who you started for. So just being with the BU fam, Amanda came up. You could just see the excitement all over Amanda. She's back in school, you know. Um, so you could see that she was super excited about being back in school, you know. Um, and so just, 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 man, just to see everybody pumped up, you know, um, it, it was just exciting. I met some people for the first time. They couldn't believe, they, you know, they couldn't believe it. They like E.T., you know, I've seen you before. I've never met you. I never believe I could meet you over breakfast. I'm like, yo, y'all, we fam. You know, like for real, we family. So just was just had a great, um, just had a great time, man. Had a great, great time. Yep, love it. That's it, see. That's it. Relationship, relationship, relationship. All right, appreciate it. Um, yeah, appreciate the uh, enjoy uh, small world. Um, I already know it's. A, I already know it was lit. Um, real quick, man. Uh, we we have a, a guest on the line, man, and um, most uh, some of you know him, some of you don't. Uh, he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, man, and the the influx of emails and everything else uh, was just crazy. You know, just to just to um, you know hear his story, you know, hear what he's been working on, and and now we get a chance to share it with the world, and and more importantly, man. We get to share it right here in our, our small little BU family, right? And so, uh, so many people had questions for me uh, and were hitting me up like, yo, that guy Jamal you guys had on and, you know, uh, let me know, you know, can I get his number? Can I hit him up? Can I this? Can I that? And so I called Jay and I'm like, man, we uh, we, we need to get some more questions answered as it relates to, um, you know, what you've been able to do. So for those of you who didn't listen to the podcast, I don't want to make the assumption that everybody listens to the podcast, but we have a BU member uh, in our midst who um, has just been able to accomplish some tremendous things. You know what I mean? Um, from being a full-time police officer uh, to a multi-million, multi-millionaire entrepreneur. Uh, he did it through real estate, you know, first, uh, then daycares he opened up him and his, his wife and uh, him, Camille, they opened up, uh, some daycares in the Chicago area on the south side, and then also a security company. Um, obviously, his police background helped with that. But he was able to build out uh, three separate multimillion-dollar companies while still maintaining his full-time job as a police officer. And I know that's one of the main questions we get as entrepreneurs, um, you know, as thought leaders, things of that nature is, well, do I quit my job? Do I keep my job? You know, and there's I don't think there's any right answer. I think every entrepreneur is different. But Jay, 
uh, chose to keep his job and still has his job. You, I mean, you're talking about, you know, millions of dollars in the real estate world and still works a job as a police officer uh, for another you know, 11, 12 months, I think, Jay, and then he's going to be retired. Yeah. Um, he's only 40 years old. He's 40, guys. And it, we, I was on the phone with him just in preparation for this call and just learning even more. Um, so I told Jay, um, it's time to start teaching this stuff. And not because um, – you know, I want you to be a speaker or, you know, I want you to, you know, be able to provide a service, but because people need this information. Here is a regular guy who, you know, went to school, played college football. You know, I don't think you had some big time fancy business degree, Jay. I don't think you, you went to Harvard afterwards. <laughs> right. Um, but just somebody who figured it out, guys, and not only figured that out, you know, I got a chance to spend quite a bit of time with Jay. And his wife, they came to Michigan. Uh, we spent time, and you, you see him as a family man. Uh, you see him as a husband, as a father. And these are all the things that we talk about in BU, right? Finding that balance, striking that perfect balance between being a great entrepreneur and providing for your family at a high level and still being able to maintain these positive relationships with your kids and your wife. And Jay has done that in a way that's just been incredible. And so I've been pushing Jay uh, even before the podcast, but now I'm pushing them even harder just because I see how p hungry people are for the information. And I'm like, Jay, you got to be able to teach this thing. Like you have to be able to talk people through how you became a self-made multimillionaire while still maintaining a full-time job, while still keeping a happy marriage, while still being a great father. Like people don't think it's possible. And so I've been challenging Jay. and He's been digging deep um, just in his memory bank and reverse engineering his success. And I'm so happy to have him as a part of the community uh, because now we have a, a, a valuable resource right at our fingertips of somebody who can really walk us through how this thing could be done. Um, one of the questions I was talking to Elijah uh, yesterday, he was saying, man, one of the questions I had was, you know, about time management and like how he did that and, you know, all of us entrepreneurs. And that's the thing, guys, to be honest, I told Jay, I'm still always blown away by, you know, I, I'm, I have, we have a couple of things going on here and I think I'm relatively busy and to build that many companies, you know, with that amount of time and a full-time job, I said, Jay, it would be impressive if you did this with no job, it would be incredible and newsworthy and all of those things. But the fact that you did it while working eight hours a week, or eight hours a day, 40 hours a week uh, is even more incredible. And so um, I'm going to let him kind of run through his uh, three points that he's been working on, and then I'm going to ask him some questions, and then, of course, we'll open it up to the line. Uh, please have your questions ready. This is a real, regular, re just like you and I guy. You know what I mean? Sometimes when we think of people who have great success in these real estate areas and, you know, great success, you know, in business and all of this, you think they're, you know, somebody who's uh, elitist. You know, you think somebody nepotism, somebody got it handed down. Here's somebody who figured it out in his early 20s and has been building his portfolio over this time and is getting re ready to retire at the age of 40 and has figured a lot of things out, man. It's still, you know, moving and, and, and going forward as an entrepreneur. So um, as he talks, you know, make sure you're taking notes, listening. Uh, I I'll kind of ask him some questions that I feel are pertinent to what we talk about here on the EBB call. And then I'll let you guys um, kind of take over from there. We'll take your questions and, and move forward. So Jay, uh, are you out there? I'm there, brother. Can you hear me? We got you, man. We got you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we got you, Jay. 
right, um, I appreciate on, you being on, man. Appreciate you again, man. Of course, you know you, you you ran into a little superstardom on the podcast. That happens from time to time. Josh is on the line. Josh has experienced some of that. Um, you know, people, man, our, our podcast fam is a is a small little uh, cult following we got, and we love them, man. And they, um, you know, they are, are diehards, man, and they always promote the message. We love each and every one of you who listen to the podcast. And um, for those of you, like I said, I wanted to set the table for those of you who hadn't heard of Jay, but Jay's been kind of like I said, you know, he he, he hit me, said, CJ, I'm not a speaker. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a speaker in that sense. And I right, say, you right. may not be a speaker, but you got information, bro. And information is what we need. We don't need you to entertain. I don't need you to be as dynamic as ET. You got information that can change lives and set people free. And so, uh, Jay, without further ado, man, why don't you run us through some of the things you've been working on as you look back at your success, bro? Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. First off, man, I appreciate you bringing us up out of me because, you know, up until now, like my circle now, all the police officers that I hang with, family, friends, and close friends of mine, everybody that's in my circle, they own real estate. I don't think it's been one person in my circle that's been around me in the last five years, and they don't own any kind of real estate. So now with what you've done, CJ, you having me bring my story out and, you know, and bringing it to the world and exposing it to everybody in Breezeview. And um, my prayer is that everybody gets exposed and they're able to do the same thing. So I appreciate you for that, man. But, no uh, doubt. My three, bro, my three, when I sit back and I think over my life and just my journey, you know, the things that I would have to say and some of the people that might have heard the podcast, you know, the number one thing for me, and I got three of them, but the number first was I got exposed, you know, and I know you guys heard, like, when I was playing college football, you know, my whole life, I thought I was going to make it to the NFL. When that didn't happen for me, you know, a friend of mine, though, he made it, and he was making $200,000 a week. And I was making $1,200 every two weeks being a police officer. And, you know, not to really get deep with that, like I did the podcast, but that was traumatic for me. You know, that kind of, your whole life, you think you're going to be making all of this money, and then all of a sudden, at the drop of a dime, you know, you're just making $1,200, barely enough money to take care of your day-to-day living. And I'm living at home with my parents. It's like, I'm living in the house with my parents. I'm not paying a house mortgage. I'm not paying, I got a car that's paid for, you know, and this is still not enough money for me. So instantly, man, that kind of had me feeling, you know, some kind of way a long time ago. And then, like I said, my friend, who I was blessed to call a friend at the time, and, you know, he showed, he, he let me into his home, and he had me coming around, you know, the NFL type thing, and he showed me what money looked like. He showed me, you know, he showed me that $200,000 check that he was making, and it just opened my mind up. Now, keep in mind, I never really wanted to make it to the NFL. I just wanted to be rich my whole life. I wanted more. You know, I wanted to be able, I knew my parents, you know, they both were police officers, and I knew that they, you know, they, we lived an okay life. You know, I'm kind of like what you said once before, CJ, you know, I, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but it definitely wasn't with me. You know, I was comfortable. We always, it was four kids, and we was always taken care of, but I knew that I wanted more. You know, I always wanted to be rich. And so I was exposed to that NFL life. You know, I had thought it was things about that kind of exposure that, that, that I'll never forget. I remember going out there, man, and uh, people were taking the kids to private schools. And, you know, these kids were getting picked up in limousines and dropped off to school in limousines. You know, little little boys had little neckties, little girls had these little plaid dresses. This is something totally different from what I was used to and what I was accustomed to in Chicago. You know, everybody in my circle went to public schools. I went to public school. My wife went to public school. You know, everybody went to public school. So that exposure to that, 
seeing these mansions, man. You know, some guys had two mansions. I mean, seven bedrooms. I mean, it was just swimming pools. I wasn't used to seeing things like that. You know, I used to see their wives a lot of times. They were going shopping. We'd be out there during the week, and they're going shopping during the daytime. They didn't have jobs. They just seemed happy. You know, everything about that kind of lifestyle to me just seemed happy. And like I said, it wasn't about the NFL. It was more so about what they had. It was about the type of lifestyle they were living. Um, another thing, you know what, before I say it, it was, it's, it's three different types of exposure just over my time period, you know, looking at it. You know, you can get exposure from family, and I believe that's why today I became a police officer. I was exposed to that police officer life. I was exposed to that blue-collar life. You can get exposure from the, your friends and the company you keep. Now, that's something that you have all control over. You know, you can control the type of friends that you have and the company you keep. And then that third type of exposure, I believe, is the kind that you get from social media, what you listen to, what you read. And that's something that we're doing now with Breathe You. You know, you guys are exposing yourself to a different kind of life, even being on the phone with me or being on the phone with CJ, being on the phone with different people, Josh, ET. You know, that's exposure to a different kind of, to different kind of possibilities and a different kind of world. The next thing that was key for me was creating a new vision. From that exposure that I got, I created a new vision for my life. I had a vision, you know, after I didn't make it to the NFL, I was like, okay, my vision right now is going to be, I'm going to be a Chicago police officer. I'm going to, you know, man, make sergeant like my dad. And then I'm going to, you know, get promoted. But once I got exposed to that new vision, my whole vision changed. My whole exposure changed. And I, I saw a different kind of lifestyle for myself. I was able to see the type of house that I wanted. I was able to see the type of school that I wanted for my kids. You know, I was able to see my wife doing that shopping. You know, I was able to see a whole different world for myself. And I think that's what got me hungry. That's what went ahead and said, AJ, you got to come up with something different. Number three is finance your lifestyle. What I mean by finance your lifestyle, I don't mean by taking a loan out from the bank. But for me, what I did after I had that exposure, I wrote down every single thing about my life that I wanted. I didn't live in today. I totally went into the future. I said, okay, I want to have a house. I want this house to be 10,000 square feet. How much would this house cost me? So I went and researched these houses. I, I, I got a realtor and my real estate broker showed me these houses. We knew at the time that we couldn't afford these houses, but we still went and we looked and saw how much these houses cost. We wrote down what the mortgage amount would be to this house. I looked at the type of cars I wanted. I was driving a 93 Chevy Blaze at the time, but I still said, okay, I want to drive a 2000 uh, Lincoln Navigator. How much does that cost? So I wrote every single thing down. We didn't have any kids at the time, but I still wrote down how much, when we had, how many kids did we want? We wanted three kids. I knew exactly, I wanted two girls and I wanted a boy. I knew their names, I knew everything. I knew the type of school I wanted them to go to. And then once we figured that out, we looked at the tuition amount of that school. We wrote that down. We put everything together. At the time, that amount came out to $5,000. And then at that point, that's when we started financing our life. How did we finance our life? We started going straight into real estate. At that time, I met a real estate broker, and um, you know, I was exposed to her through a friend who was already in real estate. And she went and taught me real estate. I didn't have any knowledge in real estate. I didn't take any classes in real estate. I was just a Chicago police officer. What she ended up doing for me, though, she ended up taking me around to the type of property 
that I could afford right now with my police job. I was only making $36,000. I couldn't really afford anything. But then when she showed me like, hey, let's identify these properties. And then once you rent these properties out, this is how much money you're going to get back in your pocket. You're going to pay the bank their money. And then you're going to net this amount. And then what we started, what I started doing is I had every single bill written down. And then I started from largest to smallest. And then I started eliminating each bill. So once my first property made me, uh, let's say my first property made me $3,500. My house note that I wanted was $3,500. So, okay, cool. This property now, I linked that property to my house note. And that property took care, that building took care of that bill. Then I went to the next property. And then the next property did the same thing for my car note, for my wife's car note. And then on my list, I started adding stuff to it as I started marking stuff off. And I said, okay, I want my wife to be retired. So I started, I bought a property. I asked her, what is her number? What is the amount of money she needs in her pocket every day to feel comfortable? So then I bought a property for that. And then now she was able to chill out and stay at home. And so the next thing you know, my whole list was eliminated. And at that point, I went ahead and then said, okay, I'm going to keep going. And then I bought more properties to double that list. And then once that list was doubled, then that's when I started going on the fast track to start buying other properties, buying other buildings, buying other businesses. So for me, my three was getting exposed, creating a new vision of yourself, because that's so important. I think people stick on the same vision. You know, you come up with a vision for yourself when you're 20 years old and you just stick with that same vision. Well, maybe you stick with that same vision because your exposure hasn't changed in you. You have to, as, as you grow, your vision is going to grow. And so that's what it was for me, see? So those three, those getting exposed, creating a new vision for me, and then investing in my lifestyle. Got you. Um, real quick, so there's somebody on the phone, and they're saying, okay, I got you on the exposure. Um, and maybe you answered it, but, you know, they're saying you, you kind of got lucky because, in a way, your friends were playing in the NFL, so you got to see that up close and personal. You got to see somebody you knew who was making that kind of money, that kind of, you know, lifestyle. Um, you know, I work at the plant. You know, I work at FedEx, or you know, I haven't. I'm just now trying to start my entrepreneurial journey. I don't know anybody I can get exposed to on that particular level. What would you tell them? See, when I was just talking, when we first started, I was letting them know that nobody in my circle is not one person that's a close friend of mine within the last five years that don't own real estate right now. And I'm in the mm. Chicago police department. So you don't have to have friends that's in the NFL. Because I'm not even doing what my friend did. He didn't expose me to the, to the NFL. I'm not playing football. He just exposed me to just seeing more. And so mm -hmm. you can look all around you and see more. I mean, this is the information age. you got social media. You know, you know, what do you read? Mm -hmm. Everything is in the book. You know, millionaires and billionaires, they love to tell their story. They love to talk about how they make their riches. You know, sometimes you have to step outside of your circle to get that exposure that you're looking for or that you need. So meetups, networking events, things of that nature. Man, absolutely. You got to get outside your house. You got to get out there. Meetups, social media you know, going to different events. And then when you go to these events, don't just go and stand there. You know, you got to ask, man, introduce yourself. You know, become a flamingo. Be like, e, mm -hmm. you got to get out talk to people. That's <laughs> the only way you're going to find out. I mean, just think about this, see. I got exposure to you, to E, from going to you conferences, from being at the first conference six, seven years ago, we was in Hartford, Connecticut. 
I wasn't just sitting up saying, hey, I'm going to have these guys come to me. No, I went to you. I kept going. I never missed a conference a day in my life. Ever since you guys started the conference, I showed up to each one because I wanted that exposure. I didn't want nothing else from you guys but exposure, meaning that I saw intelligent guys. I saw guys that were doing something with themselves, and I felt that I just wanted to be around you guys to have some of that fall off on me and bring that exposure back to Chicago. That was it. So I came to you guys. I went to the place. I didn't have to – I mean, what I, with my friends, that was 20 years ago. You know, I trust me. I've had way more exposure since then. The exposure never stops. If you think about it, it's all around you. You got to go get it. It's all around you. It's in your face. You just got to get it. Okay, Jay, another question that I had, you know, just listening is, okay, you were able to – you know, you're a police officer. You were able to um, – build you know the 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 empire in real estate and then build the empire in daycare and then again with the security company but you still have this full-time job now it's people out here who saying there's no way possible and i'm one of them there's no way possible you could find that much time in a day to run all these things did you have somebody what was the cheat code did you have somebody who just knew what was up and they ran around and did all your errands for you Walk us through when you first started in this, you know, space, when you were on the beat, you were still patrolling. Walk us through what that looked like, actually starting something from the ground. You know, we take pride here in BU and giving people practical information. So somebody who has an an eight-hour shift, or you work an eight, nine hours a night, a day, whatever it was, walk us through what a day in the life looked for you when you were getting started. Because did you have kids already? Were you married? Like, Walk us through what that looked like when you started this empire. Got you, definitely, bro. In the beginning, no, I wasn't married. I was engaged. Uh, we didn't have any children. But And this is in the beginning because this, this was a process that went over time. But I'm going to start off with the beginning. In the beginning, see, I literally, I put in for the night shift. I put in. I volunteered to work the night shift. You know, I had my father being on the job. He had a little pull. So he was able to get me on the daytime shift you know, working good hours, but I said, no, I wanted to work the night shift. Why? Because I needed that freedom. And so what happens with the, with the police department from like, I started working at midnight. So I worked from like midnight to 8 a.m. So, but from midnight to like 4 a.m. in Chicago, it was super busy. So, I mean, we would be doing everything we're doing in a squad car, you know, making arrests, um, you know, answering calls. And then something happens, man, at 4 a.m., everybody was going to sleep. Once the clubs let out, it was just the radio would be dead. And so I would always tell whatever partner I was working with, you know, I'd tell them, hey, man, you know, I'll go ahead and drive. Let me drive. Because my partners, you know, they always used to work part-time jobs, and so they would be tired. And they would always want to go to the hole. And, you know, the hole is the thing. Let me tell you what the hole is, see. The hole is where police officers, it's like a little dark area. We find, like, it could be in a park. It could be somewhere. Uh, behind a building, and it's just somewhere where you kind of hide, you kind of get away, you know, and just and just kind of, some officers go there, watch movies, they get on their phones, social media, you know, they, they, they make phone calls, talk on the phone all day, or just listen to music. You know, some of them go to sleep. But for me, whenever we went to the hole... So from 4 to, hold on, I just want to make sure we straight, so from 4 to 8 o'clock, so you got this jumping shift, 12 to 4, everybody's is popping, everybody's working hard. But from 4 to 8... Most officers are finding this place called the hole where basically you can just duck off because not a lot going on. Nobody really checking for you because it's four o'clock in the morning and nothing's going on anyway. And you can kind of get away and go to this hole and just kind of veg out, chill, 
go to sleep, lunch, yeah, if you will. Right, waiting for your next call to happen. Okay, got you. I'm with you. Right. So, you know, officers, man, they would always go to the hole. When I, you know, when I was first starting out, you know, I just thought that this was the coach of the police department. You know, they would go to the hole, and you sit up in there, and, you know, either both of y'all, one person take a nap, the other person, you know, watching a movie, or vice versa. And I was just like, man, it just seemed like there's so much wasted time going on right here. And then that's when I started reading. You know, I started reading books. I started reading books about real estate. You know, I started reading books, self-help books. I started listening to motivational speaking, uh, motivational tapes. You know, he wasn't out back then. And so, you know, Les Brown was my, you know, that was my motivator back then. You know, and I used to just listen to stuff. And I would always try to, you know, educate myself on whatever it is I was trying to do. And so, and then once the clock hit about, i say probably about like 5, 6 in the morning, I would literally, while my partner was sleeping in the passenger seat, I would drive around. I would get real estate listings the day before, and I would literally drive around the area to these properties. I would get out the car with my flashlight, go up to the porches. I had the codes to the property, so a lot of them I would go inside, which I was still doing my job because I'm checking on abandoned properties pretty much. I'm going through the neighborhood. My, my, my. My, my, my. My, my, my. Hey, bro, I had to make, I had to make it work. I had to make it work, man. So, oh, no doubt. So I'm just I, I'm just learning. I, I got my notepad out, so I'm sorry. Continue. I just I felt my the spirit of Johnny Gill jumped on me. My, my, my. <laughs> yeah, I would go to these properties, man, and then I would write down everything about this property, how much work it needed, um, how much I can make off this property, how much I can get for rental income off this property if I wanted it or not. And then by the end of the day, when we were getting off work, while well, most people, if they were looking at real the same property, they were just getting up to go to their job. And then they wouldn't even go look at the property until probably four or five o'clock when they was getting off work. But I would already have a contract submitted by that time. And then the properties that I was already working on, I would get off work at eight o'clock. I would, I would already have my workers getting whatever material they needed for that property from Home Depot. I would meet them there in full uniform, still got my police uniform on, getting drywall dust on it and things like that. And then I would help them unload the stuff at the property. And then we would start working on the property. I wouldn't get home to probably like somewhere around two o'clock. And then I would go to the gym and work out because I always wanted to keep my health. You know, I never wanted that lifestyle where my whole life was gravy, but yet my body, you know, I wasn't in shape. I had to have everything going for me. So I utilized every single hour I got. After that, after I worked out, I would get something to eat. I would lay down in the daytime. I remember times I used to put aluminum foil up to the window to keep the sunlight from coming in my bedroom because it was just too bright. Um, yeah, then I would, my, my, my fiance at the time would come home. We would spend some time together. She knew what I was on. She knew what I was doing. She knew what the plan was. So she never, at the time, like, got on my back about anything. You know, she supported me the whole time. And that was out. And then I would go to work and do it all over again, bro. Every single day, I worked towards that vision I had for myself. That vision, man, was so clear in my head, bro. It was, it was, it was like I could almost touch it. It was so, dude, my life, like, went towards that vision. It was like everything about that vision was real for me. So I had to bring it about. I had to work towards it. I had to keep going. So that's why the vision is so important then, Jay, because once you have the vision and it's so clear, the act it's easier for the actions to line up. Yeah, when something is real, like some people have thoughts. A thought a lot of times is not real. 
But, bro, when you have a vision and that vision keeps calling you, you see it, you can hear it. That's how I gave birth to all these different businesses, man. And I kept going because I heard it. I seen it. I didn't just see it, bro. I smelt it. I tasted it. I knew what it was. And I had to bring it about. I already knew it was real. I just had to bring it about to show everybody else. So, okay. So I got you. So as an entrepreneur now, I'm wondering just how much things have changed, right? Because um, there was a time, like you said, you you know, you going to pick up the drywall yourself you know, you actually got to do these things. How does how does your life look now as an entrepreneur and a, a, a full-time, still a full-time police officer? I, you know, you're, I believe you're at the job now, right? I'm at the job sitting in the office right now. I've been off work. <laughs> okay. And this is a prime example. History repeats itself. I've been off work since 4 o'clock, and in Chicago right now, it's 535. And I'm sitting here. Still, I got a list. I got a bunch of real estate listings. Right now, my goal is I want 500 units meaning I want 500 different people putting checks in my hand on the first. So I'm doing the same thing I was doing 20, 18 years ago, but the difference is it's just elevated. Same thing. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so in terms of, Jay, in terms of your day-to-day now, you got kids now, now, you know, not even you know, fiancé, you and Camille are obviously married. You know, you got the three kids that you wanted. Um, how do you balance it now as opposed to back then? And and do and I, the reason I ask you this, Jay, is because, you know, people always ask me, and I say it's a season. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's seasons for everything. Like, there was a time when Candace and I, for real, we would, like, kiss each other goodbye in the morning, and it was off to the races to, like, 11 midnight for both of us, right? Like, she was in that grind mode, too, with GE and, you know, just trying to, you know, get her way in the company. And, of course, that, you know, can't necessarily be the case now with, you know, two kids that need a lot of attention and things of that nature and a marriage that you try to keep tight and all of that. So how does your schedule um, differ from, you know, when you first started? How do you manage your time now as a as an entrepreneur, as a successful entrepreneur who still has a full-time job? Like, how does that balance look for you now? Man, I would tell you one thing that's huge for me, see, is the fact that I share my businesses with people that I love. And so it's, it's kind of easy for me now. Well, I say it's easy, but somebody might still think it's hard. But because we developed this chain of daycare centers, you know, my wife runs them now. So now it gives us something together to work towards. So now, you know, my wife, she's at the daycare centers. I take care of all of the business end of it. So I'm behind the scenes. I want her to walk in her gift. This is something that she really wanted to do. This is something that she's going to excel at or she has excelled at. Mm-hmm. So I take care of everything else. I take care of all of the back stuff, the stuff that, you know, I want her to deal with the children, deal with the parents, you know, deal with all the fun stuff. And I take care of all the behind the scenes stuff. You know, it's the same thing for the security company. I saw what my brother's gift was, and his gift was in managing people, managing officers. That's what he gets paid for with the state police. He's been a sergeant for the last several years. That's what he does. Officers respond to him well. So what did I do with that? When we started the security business, I put him over the officers. That's all I want him to worry about is the officers. And that's what he loved doing. He's great at it. I take care of all the other stuff behind the scenes. I take care of attorneys. I take care of accountants. I take care of all of the things that a lot of people don't want to take care of in business. And I let them walk in their purpose. I love it. Um, that kind of, you know, that kind of sparks something in me. Um, in order to build an empire like the one you have, uh, it's expanded, you know, outside the reach of, you know, yourself, 
and your wife and your brother. Now you have a bunch of people working as a, as a, um, an entrepreneur who has, you know, several people that work for him. You also have a construction company. So you manage, you know, guys in the construction team, you know, all the way to the security, to the daycares you're hiring. Can you walk us through just a couple of, you know, practices in terms of building your team? Or is it like you let your wife build her team with the daycares? You let your brother build his team? Like what is the, what do those hiring practices look like, Jay? Because a lot of times when I talk to entrepreneurs, you know, the main thing they say is, man, it's hard to find good help. And it is, right? Like the, the hardest thing can be like, you know, building a team and, and finding people you trust who can run things and finding employees who are down to work hard and not just look at the clock and go, okay, when am I going to get out of here and get my check? Like, what are, you, what, what are your practices as it relates to hiring and, um, you know, just developing your team and your staff? Yeah, so as far as we're hiring, as far as we're hiring, what we've done, even in the beginning, when it came to the daycare centers, I, I had a board of people that I trusted. I remember having my mother on the board because my mother has, you know, she has a way with people. I remember my father was on the board. My wife was on the board. I was on the board. My sister was on the board. And we would literally interview people, and everybody on that panel would ask a question. It was, it was what a lot of people say it was pretty intimidating, but I got everybody's opinion. And I asked them, you know, what did you think about this person? And everybody had a great quality for a person, and everybody, you know, might have said something bad about that person. But I trust, I put together a team of people, and even with, even with um, the security company, I still use those same people. Whenever we're hiring somebody uh, with the security firm, we still interview people, and we still had that same board. It worked once before. We got some of the same employees for the daycare center that we had for the last ten years. For the last ten years, mm. so yeah, so that's so. I mean, don't get me wrong. Now we got some bad ones too. You know, we had some. Oh yeah, yeah, we absolutely. We had some people that we had to get rid of, and that's gonna happen. I mean, I don't. It, it's gonna happen in any business that you have. You know, but at the same time, you want to try to limit as much. You know, the type of people that you hire. You know, the bad ones. And I mean, some people they display. It's like good people display the same qualities. A lot of bad ones gonna display those same qualities also. Yeah, so, Jay. Quick question. Have... Yeah, yeah. This this popped into my mind, and I'm just trying to go through all the stuff people ask me on a regular basis, and you know, I, I want to make sure that we can get this out. When you started this thing, you know, you you talk about you know your your father and um, being a police officer, your mother being a police officer you being a police officer. So like you continue down this lineage, right? And so a lot of, you know, a lot of people kind of step into what the natural thing is. Oh, my parents went to college, graduated, and they became an accountant. I came, became an accountant. Whatever the situation may be, you didn't have multimillionaire in your blood. Like that wasn't something you were born with, but you always knew you wanted to be a multimillionaire because you knew you wanted financial freedom. You wanted to be, Jay is super philanthropic. He helps people all the time you know, just a great guy. You knew you wanted to be that. Um, but a lot of, especially these millennials and a lot of people who come up to me, they always say, Jay, uh, CJ, nobody believed, nobody believes in my dream, bro. Like I want to be this, you know, actor. I want to, you know, start this company. I want to do this app. I got this business idea, but nobody believes in me. Um, when you started and you had this grand vision of, you know, running this empire and building, you know, a 10,000 square foot home and you were going to drive this car and send your kids to private school and all of these, you know, things to travel and you and your wife are going to go spend time in Spain and all of these things that you're doing right now. When you explain this to people back when you started, what what, what was the reaction? Did, were people cheer? Did you have a bunch of cheerleaders? Did you have doubters? Did you have haters? What was your mom and dad's reaction who, 
you know, probably were happy to see you just carrying on the family tradition. Did they feel, you know, slighted? Like, oh, what you saying? A police officer ain't good enough? Like, what kind of resistance did you meet? What kind of cheerleaders did you have? And how much did that impact your mindset or your work ethic? It's crazy, man, because my parents, um, when I was on the podcast, I mentioned to you, they used to always ingrain in us and ask us what we want to be when we grow up. So, it, it, it wasn't so that they can try to push off the police department in our head. So don't get me wrong. They was proud that we were wearing that badge just like they was. You know, they were proud that at a young age I was getting benefits and things like that. But they never uh, wanted us to be the police. Not saying it was a bad thing. They just, I think they just wanted us to kind of get in our head. They wanted us to, they were helping us develop a vision for our own life at a young age. So I wouldn't say, you know, my parents were very supportive. Um, in the beginning, actually, you know, my parents, I exposed them to real estate I, with their first building. Um, I had my parents, they actually, I actually showed them how to do it. I bought a piece of property for them. I fixed it up and I did all this in their name and they trusted me. And I went ahead and after they were collecting probably about $1,500 positive cash flow every single month. And then mm-hmm. after one year, we sold the property, made them $100,000 profit. And I remember, man, my dad, you know, my mother, she kind of the type where she always, you know, I'm her baby. She trusted me. She loved me. You know, but my dad, man, you know, my dad was kind of like, whoa, you know, they, they went ahead and split. I told them, hey, I want y'all to split this money. Mom, I want you to take your 50000 and do whatever it is you want to do. Dad, I want you to take your fifty and do whatever. Man, my dad, I'm telling you, he did not cash that check for probably about six months. <laughs> he was just scared. And we was like, you know, my dad being a police officer for the last, you know, 30 years. And then all of a sudden, he just get a check for that for fifty thousand dollars in one, you know, one year. And he was just like, "No, this can't be right. This got to be something wrong." <laughs> so it kind of, I think it kind of messed him up mentally because he was just like, "Wait yeah. a minute, now it can't be this easy. It just can't be." I've been working this job all these years, and I've been doing this, taking promotional tests, doing this, doing that, and all of a sudden, my son just buys this piece of property. And then we rent it out. We make it fifteen hundred dollars every single month. Then all of a sudden, after the year, he just fails it. And now I get fifty, and my wife gets fifty. It can't be this easy. And so yeah, and so eventually I was like, Dad, if you don't cash that check, man, it's gonna expire, bro. Be like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he went on and cashed it. Well, man, listen. Yeah, listen. I swear, I'm not even joking. I could go on for like another five hours, but I'm a, I'm gonna stop being greedy now and let the line get in on the um on the questions, man, because I know we have a ton of people out there listening who are inspired by your story, who, you know, just, you know, been wanting to um, you know, ask you questions. So uh anything anything, Carl, like let let's jump to the people real quick. I know we got about seventeen minutes. Uh, I wanna be respectful of Jay's time, but um let let's get some of the people involved. Got it. Adam, what's happening, brother? You there, Adam? All right, Adam, we'll come back. Uh, real quick, um, oh, uh, Carl, can we get Elijah in the fold? Uh, he just texted me. I'm not sure if he knows how to unmute, but uh, Elijah, you there? Yeah, I'm start, here. Start. Oh, oh okay, there he is. Stop. All right, cool. Elijah, go ahead. Jump in, bro. Cool. Hey, Jamal, fire, fire, fire. Um, I do real estate myself, and... Can you, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I gave you perfect, bro. Oh, oh, okay, cool. So I've been doing real estate for like 13 years myself, and when I got my first check, I thought it was illegal too. I'm like, there's no way you can make this type of bread. <laughs> it has to be illegal. So uh, that, that's Absolutely. funny. I, I can relate with your pops. 
So <laughs> I, I literally listened to the podcast twice. I was writing down notes. And when CJ told me about this, remarkable. So a couple quick questions. I, I gave everybody else a chance to. But one of the okay. things that stuck out to me is um, when you had a chance to, when, when your friend introduced you to the realtor lady, right? Yes. All right. So you guys looked at, I think you said 77 properties before you actually bought one, pulled the trigger on That's correct. So, so how did, I mean, I think that's a pivotal part that a lot of people sleep on because on a 50th time, you could have said, man, you're not bringing me right properties or she could have been like, dude, you're never going to buy a property. I'm, I'm wasting my time. How did you guys not lose faith in each other at that point? Elijah, check this out, man. That's a great question. That's a great question. The reason why we kept looking at 77 properties, it wasn't saying that num property number five wasn't a good property. But the thing that we did, if you remember, I said we wrote down all of my debt from the most, from the most to the least. So my house note was, was, was a certain number, and I wanted to find a property that was going to net me enough money to pay my house note. So it wasn't about what was a good property, what was a bad property. It took 77 properties for me to find the one that was going to finance my house. Mm, discipline. But I, I think, I think Jay, and, and Elijah, correct me if I'm wrong, he wants to know how, like, why did, why did she put up with you? Why did, who, why, who would sit around and show you 77 properties before you bought one? <laughs> so we know why you bought that one. But who, why was she so patient with you to say, because that's the same yeah. lady you're using now. And so y'all were able to build that relationship, Jay. But who has the patience to sit around and go, I'm going to show you 77 properties before we get one off? Why after 69 <laughs> properties, 70 properties, didn't she just say, okay, to hell with this? You know what, man? Mm -hmm. I think that if she was here right now, you know, she probably would say something different. But she knew my plan. She, she knew my vision. And she knew that this wasn't a one-time client. She knew exactly what I was doing because I laid out my vision in front of her. And so it was mm. kind of like, okay, this is a young guy who's going to be around a lot of time. And she, and she'll tell you, she used to tell all her other brokers, all you need is one. And she always called me her one. All you need is one. Because, I mean, now with my portfolio that I have, she was able to start a property management company. And so now she manages all my properties. So every single property that she went and sold me, she actually manages also. All of the properties that I buy from her, I fix and I sell, so she get paid twice on the deal. When I purchase the property, she make the money. And then I pay her to manage the, my construction now because I got so many projects going on. I currently got eight projects going on right now to flip off at the same time. And she manages that, and I pay her when I sell the property. She makes commission on it. So all it takes, man, if any real estate brokers out here, you don't have to go chasing a thousand other clients. All you need is that one. That's it. Hmm. That one. Let me ask one last one. One last one. I promise. I'll, I'll put it back on you. Um, um, one other thing I saw, Jay, that was just remarkable, was your first daycare, your first and second daycare. If I if I'm looking at my notes right. You converted the first daycare from a church into a daycare, and the second one was like a storage or it was a warehouse. Did you convert it converted a into a? Uh, yeah, it was a cleaner. It was a dry cleaners. Dry cleaners, dry cleaners. And so my question to you is, how did you? How were you able to a identify? Hey, this is a church that I can convert to a daycare. And there's one thing to have the the, the thought, like you said. But the vision to do it, but it, it did a lot of red tape. I, I think you, it took you two years to go through the red tape, the permits, the rezoning, the replanning, and, and to be able to execute that. How did you not lose faith through that whole portion? 
Well, the thing is, the, 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 well, I'll start with um, the reason why. You know, like I said on the podcast, you know, I wanted a place for my daughter. We were trying to find a daycare center for my daughter. But at the same time, that community in Chicago didn't have any daycare centers in the area. That was an area where, the, you know, as CJ would say, I found the gaps. You know, that was an area that didn't have any. That was an area that was been forgotten about. If you know about Chicago, that area is called Inglewood. It's supposed to be the worst area in Chicago. Mm. So we went in there and we brought something to a community that was a desert. They did not have childcare. They would have to always travel outside the community. But then when you look at it, that's the community with the most kids, with the highest teen pregnancy rate. So we brought something to the community that was needed. You know, and that's why it was so successful. And I think that's why it flourished so fast because it was nothing there. And ever then, ever since we opened up our two daycares there in that area, several people opened up their centers around us now. <laughs> now people bring a daycare center to the area now. But it was a need, man. It was a need. So a lot of times you got to supply that need. Find the gaps. I love it. You you talking my love language now? I love it. Um, Carl. Yeah. Thanks, Elijah. Appreciate that. And this, like, guys, let's do this in rapid fire. It's a lot of hands. So, Adam, if you can unmute on your end, I'll give you a shot real quick again. Hello. Unmute. That's you, Courtney. I had you next, but since you beat Adam to it, go for it. Oh, okay. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, good to hear from y'all, fellas. Real quick. Um, I heard E.T. say something, and I'm struggling with it, but it seems like Jamal has got it. When you, I heard him say, "Don't let your ambition cloud your judgment," and for a young guy you know, like yourself at that time, how did you, um, I guess, what, what kept, what, what kept you from, what made you know you were making the right decision with each purchase or with each business or with each, you know, with the mindset that you have, how did you know you weren't take, taking too big of a bite off your plate? Well, because Courtney, let me tell you this, man. How old are you? 32. You said no, 32? I'm sorry. I just I just turned 33 Saturday. I forgot. 33. <laughs> it happens once you get over 30. <laughs> man. Courtney, for me, man, for me, it was baby steps. It was where each – I had a victory each time I bought a property. I had ident- I identified uh, – I had a bill that I attached to a building. So it was like I, I knew that I was being successful. I knew that I was doing right because I seen my debt start eliminate and I wasn't ever looking at my overall debt I was looking at my monthly debt because it was my monthly debt that most people get up and they go to work for it's like you get up go to work just to pay your monthly debt so I knew that I if I eliminated my monthly debt then it was going to give me time it was going to give me freedom it was going to allow me to do more things that I want to do and that's why I tell a lot of people man like a lot of times people try to chase their passion or trying to chase their dreams but and they're wondering why it's taking so long to get there. It's taking long to get there because you've got so much to take care of right now. You got all of this debt or you got all this monthly bills weighing you down and so you're giving twenty percent to your dreams and you giving you know, you you you're giving eighty percent to your actual working for somebody else. Because you gotta eat. You need a roof over your head. So I noticed that every time one of my bills was being taken care of, then that was a small victory. And then next thing you know, I had maybe several more bills left, and I just kept – I didn't think about having a real estate portfolio that was going to be worth $10 million. I didn't even – I was just trying to take care of my day-to-day debt because I knew a police officer lived in a certain kind of box, and I wanted more for myself. I wanted that same kind of house my boy had, man. I wanted that same kind of car. I wanted my wife 
you know, my man had girlfriends. He had all types of chicks. I want. I was with my lady since we were in high school. I wanted. I felt like she deserved better. So once I started seeing stuff happen for me, I knew that it was right. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie, bro. When I was able to tell my wife, man, that she didn't have to work no more, and then yet I was still giving her money. It was. It, I mean, how can you not see the victory? Uh, I got you. Okay, Jay, you speaking now. Now you now you trying to get a check. Okay, you speaking now. Yo, yo, you was yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. You continue. I hear the passion coming so, out. So, Come on, let's keep it so going, Carl. That... It's real, man. It's, it's real. It's real, and I know what it did for me. I mean, dude, it's, 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 it's the freedom, bro. And the thing about it, a lot of people might ask, why did I see a police officer? Bro. I'm, 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 it's because I'm still like 50% of me is cop, but then 50% of me is, is, is real estate investor. And, and, or not just, I'm not even, I don't even like the words real estate investor because I'm an investor. I invest in businesses. I invest in people. I invest in my community. I invest all around. Everything I do is an investment. So I, 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 I love being around people like yourself, Courtney, you know, Adam, you know, Elijah, Rutherford. I love hearing stuff like that. And I'm, I hear these type of questions every day. Well, I'll be real I with you though. After thirty-three, at thirty-three, I'll be real with you with a twelve-year-old son now. I'll be and I'm a bartender. It it almost seems to be honest impossible to uh get that first step. I'm I'm kind of barely Courtney. making enough now. Courtney, let me say I'm, this, bro. Let me say this, Courtney. Courtney, let me say this, man. It's not how much you make, bro. It's how much you keep. Just think about that statement. I know a lot of people that make a million dollars a year and they spend a million dollars a year also. And then I know people that make $90,000 a year and they keep $90,000 a year. It's not about what you make, dog. It's what you keep. So you need to go ahead and, and, I mean, we can talk further, bro, and we can develop a plan and a system. Eliminate your debt. Stop looking at making more money and start thinking about eliminating the debt so you can keep the little money or whatever kind of money you have. That's the first step. Then once you're able to live off your investments, you ain't got to be worried about, I'm, a, I'm a, just a bartender, I'm this, I'm that. Because then at that point, bro, you can walk in your passion because you ain't got to worry about your day-to-day. That's how I did. That's how it happened for me. Mm. Yeah, and I would – and, Courtney, I would say you, you uh, listen to Jay's second step. You, you you followed the first step. You got exposed. You're on the phone right now. Good job. The second one is you got to change your vision, right? Jay, if I'm not mistaken, that was point two. You just told me – you know, it's almost impossible. That don't sound like a vision to me. Jay didn't say, yo, it's almost impossible. Even though most people would use the same language you just used, Courtney. It's impossible to start a multi-million dollar empire while being a Chicago uh, uh, traffic officer, a foot, you know, foot police officer, eight hours, nine hours a day and build a multi-million dollar empire. Jay didn't say it's impossible. Jay said, this is exactly what it's going to be. This is how I'm going to do it. This is the steps I'm going to take towards making that happen. And he said it. Listen, Courtney, he said because the vision was so clear, he woke up and worked towards that every single day. So just the the, the, the language that you're using right now, Courtney, be careful, bro. If you say it's impossible, it's impossible, right? Absolutely. What's the four quote? If you say you can, you can. If you say you can't, you write too. You can't, you can't, yeah. Right. So 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 change your language. Like Jay just told you, once you get the vision so clear in your mind, bro, you wake up and work a, a completely different way. If you getting up every day going, this is impossible. Well, of course, it's going to be impossible. So change your language. You got exposed already. But listen to Jay's second point. Find that new vision. Right. Find that new vision. 
Bet. I appreciate that, fellas. Yep, no problem. Carl, let's get a cu- sneak in a couple more. Uh, all right, Isaiah, you there? Mr. Alejandro. <laughs> You're unmuted, sir. Just go for it. All right, Julie. Hello. Hello. Go for it, Julie. Okay. Um, I had a question. Um, so let's say you are working your full-time job, but you're able to, um, you know, start something on the side. Did you have, did you set up like a certain amount of money or a certain specific amount of time, um, that you set up to start that side business? No, no. For the first, yeah, well, what I did for my first property, first property, I didn't have much money. I remember my wife, well, she was my fiance at the time. She gave me the amount, she gave me a portion of the down payment for the first property. And the other portion, I took a loan, you know, with the police, with the police department. I'm laughing because they give you a, a $5,000 uh, uniform allowance loan in the beginning. <laughs> so when you first start the business, when you first start the police department, that's to buy your gun. That's to actually get your uniform, your belt. You're supposed to use that $5,000 to get everything you need for the street. But I went and took that $5,000 and the money that my wife gave me, and we took that money and we put it on our first property. So I just had to find a way. Sometimes you just got to, and when you look, it's all kind of money out here. You know, it's all kind of money out here. You just got to sell yourself. You got to sell the, the, the idea. You know, and it's right. because in the beginning, nobody would, you know, pretty much probably give me money. But now that I got money, everybody want to give me money. It's weird. It's, it's weird <laughs> like that. When I need yeah. it, you know, it's hard to get. But then when you don't need it, everybody want to give it to you. Love it. Yeah, and for those in real estate, I know you you don't need any money to wholesale, right? Like wholesale is basically just you know running out finding deals, things of that nature. So if you're looking for that startup capital, look at doing some wholesaling or you know something that can you know put a, you know quick five ten G's in your pocket over a couple of transactions and get started like that, right, Jay? And and and, and you know what, something else, CJ, I would always tell people: let real estate finance your dream. You know you can. You can, I never, I never technically dreamed about being in real estate. I never dreamed about opening a daycare center. I never dreamed about owning a, a, a million dollar, multi-million dollar security firm. But I use real estate. So a lot of times I have people here in Chicago, I have them buy a piece of property. And, I, you know, even if they don't have a place to live or they're renting, I'll have them move in that, buy a piece of property, move in that property, and then collect the rent. Your tenants are going to pay the mortgage to that property. And then I have them refinance that property, pull whatever cash out, and then use that money now as your startup money for your business. Hmm. So now you're living hmm. rent-free. Now you're living rent-free, and now you got this lump sum of cash that you can invest into whatever your business is that you want to start. Use real estate. The money is there. I mean, it's, it's and I know I'm making it sound probably so easy right now, but it is. It's that easy. It's that easy. Just since the time we talked on the podcast, I put contracts on several more properties, and between these three properties that I'm I, that I'm supposed to be closing on another two months, they're gonna net me fourteen thousand dollars a month. It's just that simple. It's all type of stuff out here. You just gotta step outside the circle, you know. Go meet some real estate brokers. Get out here and just you know and see what's out there. Mm. Thank you. All right, Tammy, guys, I'm doing rapid fire. So, Tammy, are you there? Trying to get as many as we can in. Tammy Riley, you there? All right. I'm going to move to, uh, I don't want to mess it up, Ron, Ron Yell Blout. 
Forgive me if I'm messing it up. Just unmute on your end. Yes, how you doing? It's Renier Blunt. <laughs> Got it. What's all happening? Right, Renier, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Uh, shout out to all y'all. How everybody doing? Out here in this beautiful Houston weather. Um, I just had a question for Jay. When you bought your first, your property, did you already have, when did you purchase your own first home for yourself? Or did you and your wife uh -huh. wait? invest more into it then you move into your own place yeah my third property my third property was the house um and i, I said on the pocket my parents kicked me out the house we would have stayed there um things were going good <laughs> and by that time bro we was making like over eighty five hundred dollars residual income from our first two properties hmm. and then that's when we went and purchased my third property that's when I, my third property it was a property that we renovated it's called a graystone um, that property was about 4,000 square feet, and uh, that was my first home. Got it. All right, you good, Ronnell, on that? All right. Jay, how many more you want to take? We usually go to seven. I'll, I'll give you the call. Yeah, yeah get, get him hey, one, one or two more, Carl. Okay, got it. So, Mike, Mike Weston, you there, Mike? Just unmute on your end. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. Uh, first, I'd like to just say that your story has been very inspiring uh, to my wife and I. Uh, we've always been super interested in real estate investing, and uh, we're currently actually uh, in the beginning processes of uh, working, figuring out uh, some credit repair folks to help get our credit up a little bit so we can help with our, uh, our percentage and everything, get the lower percentage rate. Uh, do you, I just, my, so my question is, do you have any input on uh, credit agencies or resources, or should we, you know, try to attack that ourselves, or um, any ideas on that that could help us moving forward? You know what? I wish I, I can ask around with my real estate broker because she helps out a lot. Um, she knows a few different people that can possibly help with that. Um, it's crazy, Mike. I haven't used my credit in a minute. Now, when you, you know, now when you buy a property at this point. You know, the banks kind of look at your portfolio, and um, if you're not using cash, they look at your portfolio. They don't even ask for credit. So, um, yeah, I can, but I definitely can get some information from April, uh, my real estate broker. She has, she's a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure she um, definitely can have some information. If you just maybe email or something like that, I can get you whatever information you need to know, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Definitely appreciate that. What? Uh, yeah, beautiful. Sorry. We'll give out Jay's. Uh, we'll we'll give out Jay's uh, email at the end, so everybody can contact him. Cause and I apologize, y'all. Uh, I don't have social media. I know Nikki. <laughs> about that. Although I'm Nikki is on his head, and he's gonna have it soon. Right. So. Nikki he already on. knows. He, yep, he already <laughs> knows. Okay, got you, Carl. Let's take one more. All right, Kara. What you got for us, Kara? Um, uh, so first of all, I'm just so excited to, to, to hear you, Jay, you really inspired me from the podcast last week. And, um, I, I want to share, I guess, um, and you're going to add, you know, tell me if you think this is the right decision. I, of course, my husband's not on board yet with anything I'm saying, <laughs> so, but, um, I was listening to what you were saying about using the real estate now. And, and I kept thinking, oh man, I wish we got into the real estate game until I, um, was thinking about, you know, what we could do. And somehow, oh, I was filling out an application to get my student loan payments reduced. And, and they wanted to know about my assets. And when I told them about my home, they were like, you have too much 
your assets are too high. And I hadn't even thought about the house we're living in. We have like 80,000 in equity. I just hadn't checked it in so long because we bought the house in foreclosure in 08. And so my question right. is, um, I was thinking, is it a, does it make sense to consider selling the house, uh, you know, sell the house and then maybe use that to get out of debt, you know, and downsize? Because I'm, I'm self-employed now, I'm a full-time entrepreneur health coach. I don't have that six-figure corporate income anymore. I'm rebuilding. I would do anything not to go back to corporate. And uh, last thing I'll say is, you said you use a building for every bill. My daughter was like, Mom, you should be doing you got a newer car, you could Uber for your car note. And that's exactly what I'm getting ready to do. They're almost finished approving me. I'm not beneath that. I'd rather do that than go back to, to corporate and have somebody tell me what to do all day long. <laughs> I like that. I like that. First off, I appreciate that. Um, one thing with me, I, I tell people I'm not out of debt. So I don't want to get misconstrued. I'm not out of debt, but I don't pay for my debt. If that right. makes sense. I don't pay for my debt. My, all my investments take care of my debt. And so now the, the, the money I was making, on the, I make on the police department, 90000 that just goes in my pocket. So when I say I make 90000 I actually make. I keep 90000 with the police department. When I make, when, you know, from the money from the daycare centers, we're able to keep that money, whatever we pay ourselves with that. The money we make from the security firm, we're able to keep that money. Why? Because our lifestyle is totally covered from our investments. So that was the first thing that I did was made sure that my debt was covered. So, and as my lifestyle grew, my debt grew too, but I just had more debt covering that lifestyle. If that makes sense. Yeah. I still have, I still have a house note. I mean, right now I live in, you know, my house is 18,000 square foot house. That's the one I live in now. And it's a, it's, it's my dream house, but Something else or somebody else pays for that. I don't pay for it. I never pay the house note. So I get the chance to live the way I want to live. My wife keep a new car. I keep a new car. We get to, my kids go to private school. You know, we get to live the way that we want to live, but yet we don't work for it. The reason why we don't want to work for it is because I want to be able to take that same lifestyle and pass it on to my kids. It's no good if it's just me. I need my children to experience that same thing. I want them to walk in their passion. I do the same thing my parents did with me. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And so whatever it is they want to be when they grow up, I want them to have their lifestyle covered so that they don't have to worry about that and they can walk in their passion. Mm. My, my. One, one more, Carl. One more. Do we got one more? I'm going to take one. Jay's just in the rhythm. We got like six more. Miguel, you there? Yeah, Jay, that's, yeah, the stuff you say now, I'm over here right there down, Jay. Stop playing. Miguel, you there? All right, I'm going to move. Hey, hey, what's going on? There he is. What's up? Not much. Uh, I'm telling you right now, that story is completely inspiring to me. Um, one thing that uh, I did start uh, my own little business um, with my wife um, because of the 100-day challenge, and right now we're really profitable my mindset is I'm thinking about the future I'm thinking about right now we're uh, buying stuff off of coupons um, and reselling them and right now we make about $200 profit per day um, do you this is our third weekend uh, selling um, and building for clients because we have repeat clients as well um, I wanted to know when it comes to uh, business, um, 
people are doing it for we the first try time. To, we might have to try to you get have, you. Um, you. Any... Yeah, Miguel, you, you start to break up. Breaking up. Yeah. Go to somebody else, Carl. Miguel, now? see if you can get to a better. Oh, okay, let me see. That might be better. Go for it. Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, so, do you guys have any um, like ideas? I, my thing is, I want to go ahead and expand the business and probably open up. Yeah, it's breaking yeah, Carl, up. Yeah, you have to yeah. come back to him, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's breaking up. Sorry, man. Um, we'll get J uh, Jamal's email again, like CJ said. Um, I'll jump to Tammy. Are you there again? I got Tammy, and then I got YB. Yeah, can you hear me this time? Yep, we got you. Awesome, there you go, man. Tammy. This is my second time. Appreciate it. I've been listening to that uh, um, podcast from last week on rotation, Jamal. Thank you so much. Um, I have and a question for you. If, if you're talking to yourself right now at 40, 18 months away from retirement, and you were just starting this journey right 12 now. Months, 12 months, 12 months, 12 months. Oh, sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> Don't get it right now. Get it right, Tammy. Oh, I know that's right. 12 months, and what did you say? You have to work 19 years in a day? I hear you. So, um, right. if you were if you were talking to yourself right now, what would be the first kind of investment property you would buy? Because I've got something saved up, I'm interested in it. I've owned a few homes, but I've always sold them when I moved out of them, and I don't think that was wise. So I'm looking to get into investing. What would be the first investment property you would buy if you were just starting out at forty? I was just starting out. I would still do the same thing I did when I was in my twenties. I would take care of my debt. I think everybody really needs to grasp that first. Take care of your debt. I've seen people get, this is not just about getting in real estate. It was for me about taking care of my debt. I didn't want, I wanted something that was going to cover that so I would never feel like I was under pressure or, or, or under the gun with the police department. I always wanted to feel like I had freedom. So I would say, Tammy, the first thing, what's your bill that, 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 that you have to work for every day? You know, what's the bill that you hate paying? What's that bill that you just work 75% of your time for that you got to pay? And with most people, is their rent or their mortgage? I wanted, mortgage. To that, I wanted to eliminate that bill. And then when you eliminate that bill first, Tammy, you're going to feel like you're living rent-free. Because <laughs> somebody's going to put that money in your hand, and then you're going to give it to the bank. Now you're going to keep. It's not about all the time what you make is what you're able to keep. You got a backdoor this thing. So now the, the, your largest bill that you've been working for every day, 40 hours a week, you're, you eliminated that bill. And then one thing that I didn't even talk about on the podcast or didn't talk about on this call is that properties I bought 18 years ago, I only had 20-year mortgages. Some of them were 15-year mortgages. So some of these properties, you're talking about retirement. When I retired from the police department, I get a, a, a small little pension. I don't even know what it is. I, I Whatever. But I didn't even realize at the time that I'll be getting these properties all be coming through. So you're talking about over 30, 40 properties where they all come and do. I'm getting in the mail deep. And these properties I bought 18, 20 years ago, they they, they were valued at the time $200,000. Now they're And I'm getting that deed in the mail. So that means now I got $400,000 just sitting up. <laughs> when you multiply that times all of these properties, you you sitting real nice. So, Jay, are you saying to, to Tammy that she should find a property that could net her the income of her highest bill? So you're saying that's how you find the property? Absolutely. Base your property off of that, and it becomes real. And you make I that evaluation. And, and, and give us some quick math on how she can make that evaluation. Okay, I'm looking at a two, a duplex, 
both rents are about this much. The houses, the the, the notice, did, like, just give her a quick example. Yeah, simple, simple mathematics. So if you're looking at a property, let's say this property guy, for me, it was four apartments. It was a four-unit building. You know, the, the mortgage to this property was $1,000 after I, I took out a rehab loan. And so I had a low interest rate on it. So the, the mortgage payment was $1,000 a month. I was renting a property out for each apartment was four thousand. I mean, excuse me, a thousand dollars each apartment. So that's four thousand dollars. I was collecting. I was grossing. I'll take that thousand dollars and I would pay the mortgage company their money, and I would net that three thousand dollars in my pocket every month. Just that is that simple. <laughs> that simple. Um, Start with that. You. Eliminate that. And trust me, it's it's, it's you going it's gonna be like a sense of freedom when you get rid of that bill. Get rid of your largest bill and you do it again, and then now. You, you can go ahead and buy whatever kind of car you want to buy. You know, I, I switch up cars. I'm doing well, now at least. I don't even buy no more at least because I got I got my investors taking care of me. And, you know, and it's a write-off for me. But, you know, utilize real estate to take care. Use buildings to take care of your bills. That's what I would say. Don't go just saying I want to go buy property and just willy-nilly looking for property. You know, make it real for yourself. And that's why I still got the same properties I had 18 years ago because I don't look at it like that's just a property. I look at it like, man, that, that property took care of my house. That property right here pays my kids' school tuition. So I'm going to make it work. I made it real for myself. Make it real. Mm. Mm. Got it. Thank you. Thank so you. I'm sitting next to the next conference. All right, YB, you up next, sir. Yes, sir. Peace and blessings, Jay. This is YB, your uh, LinkedIn locksmith. I uh, appreciate your story. Phenomenal. My car was literally floating on the highway as I was listening to the podcast. So appreciate the information. What I'd like to know is outside of you not making it into the league and outside of the situation where your where your partner, you know, shot at the boy, what was your biggest struggle? Like what what was your what was the struggle that you have had experienced while you were in the process of building up your your wealth? I would say that I was not prepared. I didn't know how to you got to know how to manage money or spend money. I was receiving, and I know some people will be like, wow, that's a good problem to have, but I was receiving money so fast. You know, I remember going to my dad. I didn't have nobody in my circle I could go to. I remember going to my dad and telling him, like, dad, I, you know, we made a million dollars. The IRS was saying this, saying that. You know, nobody in my circle knew anything about making money like that. You know, making a million, net a million dollars cash, you know, a million dollars in a year. Nobody that was in my circle knew anything about it. So I, I didn't know anything about the IRS. I didn't know anything about 941 taxes. You know, these are things that, you know, as a blue-collar worker, they take taxes out of your check. When you start owning a business and you got employees, you got to pay taxes for individuals. I didn't know all of this stuff. And so, you know, pretty much I found out. So I know it all now, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know about bookkeeping. I didn't know about P&L, profit and loss statements. I didn't know about any of that. You know, some people come into the game knowing about all of this stuff, but yet I guess it kind of stops them from, you know, from getting what they're supposed to get. But I didn't know any of this stuff, and we just was making money. And, um, you know, so that was – I would say, YB, that was one big thing for me. We wasn't prepared for the income. We wasn't prepared for the blessing that came in. We wasn't – we didn't have no knowledge. And so now if I can go back in time, I probably would have – at the time, you know, met some accountants, you know, went ahead and searched, you know, researched some different attorneys and things like that. We just kind of was like, we were organic, man. We just was, 
like, hey, we're going to do this. You know, like I said on the podcast, you know, I was a janitor, I was a cook, I was a teacher at the daycare center. You know, we wasn't prepared pretty much for the blessing that came in. So, so do you have a mastermind group to where people, if they wanted to learn uh, from, from you and learn from your mistakes, that they could connect with you through, through some type of a mastermind group? So that's something that we're putting together now, YB. That's, uh, bro, all of this just started coming about. I mean, I've been with my circle. You know, I've been, I've always helped out police officers. You know, guys in Chicago, they got real estate. They got daycare centers. Um, you know, guys work security companies with me, but I haven't took it to this large of a scale. And I think that's what CJ, um, E, and, you know, Carl, you know, get something together and we can, you know, actually scale this thing where we can reach out to the community with Breathe You and, and, and take it to that next level. Yeah, we definitely need to implement, uh, um, I think, you know, some real estate courses and some things of that nature. Jay, just, you know, you can kind of help people uh, get started with what you talk about in terms of, you know, finance and, you know, our, our life, you know, basically. So, we de- like I said, man, there's so much information that you got. We definitely need to make sure that the community is accessing this at all times.